Orin, are you blind? I am not blind. I'm wearing contacts. Why would you ever assume oh, that, wow. you asshole? You know, wow. I, it ticks like like probably three decades uh, off of your 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 general you know appearance. Like you look positively fetal at this point. No, didn't uh, we talk about good. the body horror of the contact coming on already? I'm surprised. Yeah, we pressed. I'm impressed that you still do that. Props, sir. Yeah, who the? I would be so how, terrified. How do you do that? that? Uh, it's it's crazy. Like you know. I used to be very, have an aversion to touching my eyes, but now it's like, oop, just touch my eyes, you know? Ugh. Just do it for fun. Yeah, Once just you do cross it for fun. the threshold. It makes me feel wobbly, just the words. One time I did something really unsanitary, and uh, like, uh, there, like my contact was, you know, kind of doing weird things in my eye. And uh, I was, I was like talking to somebody, and just as like, you know, out of nowhere, I just touched my eye to readjust it, and he was like, "Oh, <laughs> don't do that." So, All right, I've just gotten used like, to it. That's like gargling in public. Um, that's like uh, me asking to get like pink eye or something, or like some sort of infection. Uh, no, you have a big piece of plastic protecting your. I guess whatever whatever touches the plastic or is gonna touch your eye. So. That's true. It's all in the general eye area. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, Oren, you look good with contacts on. You look good with glasses on. I think I think you can go either way, man. It's, it's a strong uh, appearance. It depends. I mean, like, do I want to look young and kind of baby-faced? Or do I want to look like the studious, tortured podcaster? Mm-hmm. You know, like, ah, oh, that mm-hmm. guy must podcast. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do do this fun thing at work <clears throat> where like I have a a very baby face um, where like people just for some reason it just eventually will come up and be like someone will be like how old are you and I'll be like how old do you think I am and they are all very wrong <laughs> they'll be <laughs> for okay for the record I am 31 years old and they'll be like uh 23 <laughs> like no 25 <laughs> No, no. And then, That's the, then good. after that, they'll they'll be like thirty eight. Like no. You're like wait a minute. Just, just okay. after, I have to go like oh, okay. Well, this has not been right. I gotta we gotta find the range here. Mm. Well, we're in the mm. thirty one club together because I am also thirty one. Oh. Though uh, so yeah. I think it depends. Like I've noticed when I have longer, shaggier hair and I'm shaved, people think I'm like twenty five. But when I have short hair and like maybe like a beard or something, people are like, "You're 40, right?" So like, oh, if I cut all my hair off and shave, like I, I will, I, people will probably think I'm 16 still. <laughs> uh, I like I have to keep the facial hair, otherwise it's like I, I'm gonna be someone's gonna like report me for truancy. Shit, they won't let you into <laughs> into work. Uh. <laughs> Who is this guy? Works here. <laughs> Uh, how's everybody doing tonight? I just that had good? a bunch of quesadillas, oh. and uh, but I, yeah, so they they were really good quesadillas, but you know I feel it. I still have energy, but we'll see how far that goes for the rest of the podcast. All right, this is uh, Orin. Orin's starting strong, <laughs> energized. Uh, I've got a villager San Francisco style IPA by uh who's Resident this? Evil Villager? 
It's yeah, it should be. I forget the name of this brewery, but Fort Point, uh, pretty mm. good stuff. I've had them uh, before. We, yeah, we had a beer from there, them called yeah. the, called KSA, and um, uh-huh. it tasted like uh, tortillas. What? And I was, and then we got it again, and it didn't taste like tortillas, and we were sad. So uh, I think there really was something wrong with the first batch, but the tortilla flavor was actually quite good. It was like a corn tortilla kind of malty. Could it have been you? Had just eaten no Mexican because food? because me and my uh, GF had uh, been. Uh, drinking it, and we had it multiple different times because it was a six-pack, and it tasted uh, tortilla-esque every time. I mean, okay, so, uh, I see. But then it didn't. So maybe it's different batch. It didn't. It didn't when we bought the next batch. So I just, I want the tortilla flavor again. I miss it. All right. Uh, KSA, bring it back if you guys are there. Four point, please. Yeah. Uh, the tortilla flavor. We'll, we'll, we'll send a note. Yeah. Drew, welcome back to the show. It's good to have you. Have you? How you been? I'm doing pretty good. I'm getting by. I, I'm on. This is my third day in a row off before working three days in a row. So this is my last day of freedom before I go back to the popcorn mines. The popcorn mines. Ooh, watch out for that lung. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It'll get you. Yeah. Uh, do you want to correct the record? Because I feel like Orin made a strong claim about your feelings about Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I'm just not <laughs> sure if they were accurate or not. I don't know. So I'm going to give you the opportunity to clear the air if that needs to be done. Oh, are you are you referring to me or to to Drew? I'm, ta- I'm referring to Drew, but I'm referring to you saying that he. I can't remember if you said he hated or liked it. I th- I feel like either way, you mischaracterized it, Morn. It's it's, well, a, well, it's a. I feel like I should apologize because I was the one who was like defending it, mm. and because uh, I, I I watched the first two episodes and I was like I, I like this. This is good. <clears throat> I think it's uh, better than the prequels. And now that I'm on the other end of it, I'm like, wow, that was horrible. That was just awful. Like, why did I watch that? And so, Drew, I apologize. You were right all along. It was a very I mean, nothing show. I was gonna, I was gonna watch it regardless. So, like, like my roommate was literally like, why did you watch all that? I was like, I, I don't know. I was, I had to know. I didn't have high hopes. I didn't think it was gonna be good, but I had to know. And it turns out, yeah, it was bad. <laughs> it was real bad. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, I, I think we've, it's talk, like, we've talked about it so much, but yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Drew. It's just yeah, it didn't like, go anywhere. It's the first, yeah, the first like four episodes I think are like, you know, they're fine, they're watchable. They're not. I wouldn't like in no universe would I be like defending them as like they're good, but like it's good, like it's good enough, I guess, if that distinction means anything. Like I do, like I do, I know we talked multiple times about how like. I did the one thing that I think is at least interesting is like how each like it's a weird thing to be a series because each which is actually why I'm kind of interested in like how you could cut it down to like a two and a half hour movie because each episode is very self-contained and almost has like a different vibe to it to the point that and like is almost self-contained to like as long as you know the premise of like as long as you watch the first episode you could watch basically any other episode in any order almost and you wouldn't really be lost because they're all so individualized Mm. which is like interesting again i don't i don't know that it's good but it's Mm -hmm. at least interesting and then the last two episodes are just like it's there's some reveals that are just really tank certain characters and then at the end yeah it turns out uh it, it was pointless it didn't matter at all yeah 
So I heard that there's a two and a half hour supercut, which is exclusively just a forward and backward slow motion sequence of Darth Vader crashing a uh, a transport ship with the, with the forest. <laughs> it's just that for two hours. So that is like that. Okay, so I, I have not looked into any discourse of this specifically, but I know like a lot of people like you know there's the end of Rogue One where Darth Vader is all like super powered and everything and people are like that's not not hashtag not my darth vader Mm. and it's like but that is like the problem that star wars just kind of has now that like when you think about the force and like if you if you just conceptually think about the world of star wars and you have these like people that can use this thing called the force and have laser swords like they should be fighting like you know quote unquote like anime characters like they should be like literally flying around and like be like they should be doing some video game ass shit Mm -hmm. if that is actually the powers they have it's just that in 1977 they didn't really they had a lot of good special effects but they didn't have those kind of special effects so you just had alec guinness and a dude in a suit just like waving a stick at each other for a little bit because that's what they could do and so that but then that gets enshrined as like what like to like the core fans like an actual lightsaber battle is but it's like i mean like realistically in the universe of star wars it should like darth vader should probably be doing if he's like the strongest force user ever like he should be able to do that but it seems ridiculous because from where it started that seemed like it seemed ludicrous that it seems video gamey by comparison Right. We think of a, a lightsaber fight as two 65-year-old men who cannot touch their fucking kneecaps when they bend <laughs> yeah. over. Um, <clears throat> fair. This is it's just something the, you have to contend with when you're doing a Star Wars story now. Yeah. It's, it's like probably the roots, too. Like in like Because wasn't Lucas a huge fan of Kurosawa, and it was like he wanted to have these like duels, like these straight lightsaber like old men duels. Right. It's like, mm-hmm. like also part of the, yeah, the vibe. Space Samurai, yeah. Space Samurai. Why not? All right. but. Or, or not. Um, speaking of Space Samurai, can you guys believe that God of War Ragnarok is coming out this year? Game of the year. Game of the decade. Previous game of the decade. Decade. Best game of yeah. all time. What do you guys yeah, think? Yeah, That is annoying. You're right. I didn't even think about that. It's going to be Game Awards. Do you think it's gonna be, that's going to be Elden Ring? No. Oh, oh yes, yes, sorry. So? No, I think it's... I, I thought, for some reason, I, I just thought you were going to say, is that going to be God of War? And I'm like, no, of course not. Of course it's going to be Elden Ring. But, um, you think yeah. you think it won't be God of War? No. No chance. I God of War like- has the prestige. Elden Ring has a wall of hype, even with the haters, uh, that is just so unstoppable at this point. Yeah. But, like, where is Elden Ring on the sad dad, like, meter, though? Mm. <laughs> luckily, it's That's luckily true. it's not on there. <laughs> at least, at least for as far as I'm concerned. So what I'm hearing is it's not going to win Game of the Year. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah, you might have a point. Uh, you know, video games just need a genre at this point that we just call it the sad dad dad genre. Uh, which by we the do. way, it's called AAA video games. It's yeah. called. Mm. Yeah, it's mm. called so, speaking of which, uh, quick shout out, uh, Drew. I finally got around to watching your God of War video for select screen and. I thought that was a really uh, concise breakdown of it. I, I'm not going to lie, Drew. When I went to watch it, I was kind of like, uh-oh, he's going to really love it. Because I'm so used to video essayists just talking about how that's the best game of all time. So the fact that he did a nice comprehensive breakdown of why it doesn't work 
was very refreshing. So I appreciate that. So, so the other day when I saw you like comment on the video, and then I looked at the show notes, like we're going to talk about God of War two. I was like, oh. I don't actually remember anything I said in that video because the videos are four years old at this point, and it was the third video I ever made. And I was like, I guess I should rewatch this and see what I actually said in this thing. And um, I was, I mean, Oren, I guess you would actually probably be a better judge of this. I would say I was probably mixed to slightly negative on the game, sure. which even for at the time, like coming out like the month it came out, was like probably considered a dissenting voice. Heretical. But I, I have only like. I, my thoughts have only continued to sour more on like I I really don't. That is one of the stupidest games I've ever played in my entire life. Thank I you. Do not like that game. Thank you so yeah. much. I oh. just it's so nice to hear people say this because I had such dislike for that game and I'm just like I felt like I was like in this like world where I was like what's wrong with me? Why is I why don't I love this? Everyone loves this game. Like what. The, so there's something wrong here, but ah, thank you. It makes me feel like at the at the end of the video, I say like uh, something to the point of like you know like I didn't really like this game, but I thought it had like I could see like some things it was doing, and like I would play a sequel. Turns out I lied. I'm I'm gonna paint my body blue like Paul Giamatti and Big Fat Liar because I lied <laughs> at the end of that video. I do not want to play a sequel to that game. Yeah. Turns out at all. I uh, I, I a either. couple of other YouTube. <laughs> Uh, shout outs. Um, there's like uh, this channel called The Gaming Brit. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it, but he specializes. Where's he from? <laughs> Shut up. Australia. <laughs> <laughs> he's a guy from California who pretends he's British. No, I'm kidding. Mm. But anyway, mm-hmm. he, he specializes in talking about character action games like Ninja Gaiden, Devil May Cry. That's like what he's about. But he, he has done some hilarious God of War 2018 videos that rip it apart and i don't want to be a total hater i mean i enjoyed playing it like especially the valkyrie sections i enjoyed but i'm just uh it it felt like somebody it's it felt like Corey barlog or whoever was designing that game was like oh the last of us i like that father dynamic oh bloodborne dark souls let's kind of do our own version of that (laughs) you know it's like they kind of just took all of these things and mashed it together and i just don't think I it worked. I so. felt like it's like they like took the worst of both of those and then somehow made it worse. <laughs> like it doesn't have the edge of 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 Last of Us or like the tight and fun combat of Souls. It just is like this just bastard child. And, and, Too bad taste. It tastes bad together. Yeah, yeah. and and also like yeah. The Last of Us. Yeah. I know not everyone loves The Last of Us, but the whole point of that game is that Ellie is not Joel's daughter. You know, and that's where yeah. a lot of like what makes that whole dynamic interesting, interesting. And God of War is like, what if we just did a dad narrative? It's like, all right, you took out the one interesting thing, but whatever. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, God of War fans. It's exciting for you guys that this game's coming out. I guess none of us are fans of it, but I think well, okay, it's cool yeah. that they're getting a sequel because it's well loved. I have an honest question because I, I legitimately don't know. Is this is the sequel also quote unquote all one shot like I like Probably. the first one? Oh, not if you die. Like if you die, it becomes at least however many shots. We, we should have known. I should have known from the very beginning. We're like, yeah, it's one. It's one. It's a one take video game. Water, like, can you pause? Yeah. Then it's not one take, yeah. my guy. Like, yeah. we. You should have known that that the game was going to be entirely surfaced level and like have no depth to it because it just. I, like I, I don't like being negative about stuff, but it, like I said, I don't know any way to describe it other than it's just it's it's like it's almost as dumb as a David Cage game, but it's nowhere near <laughs> as fun. 
Yeah, it doesn't sure. have any of the fun quirks. And you can't control the narrative like a David Cage game. At least you have some agency in the narrative in David Cage. You can decide if people live or die or if your character says something stupid. David Cage games, I'm at least going to... Well, I'm, buddy, I don't know what the fuck you're going on about, but you know what? This is entertaining. Uh, <laughs> it's much, much better than just watching Kratos brood for 35 hours. Hey, uh, Drew, did you know that racism exists? I didn't. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I played Detroit Become Human, and I'm like, holy shit, racism. Damn. Damn. I need to play this game. Yeah. It's kind of <laughs> like if, if people are mean to robots, that's just like people being mean to people. Um, <laughs> so here's a question, guys. Drew, I also watched your video. Uh, and part of the, uh, I mean, you watched it too, so you could say this better than me, but like part of what you were speculating on or talking about was like, how to translate something kind of weird and problematic from a decade ago into something that's palatable today. Do we have thoughts about how we could take Kratos from 2005 and bring him into the 2020s in a way that preserves some of his comic book ridiculousness without being so strange in some ways? They really sanitize them. So like I, and I'm going to answer this in a weird way of like, I've also always had this thought of like, um, remember when Duke Nukem Forever was like the, one of the big video games of like, it's never coming out and then it finally comes out and everyone's just like, oh, this kind of sucks, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Why did we wait so much for this? And like, I've always thought the way to like update, like if you were to make a new Duke Nukem video game at this point, like the whole video game needs to be just Duke Nukem is still Duke Nukem and everyone fucking hates him because he's so annoying. And, like, that's kind of how it just has to be, like, I, I don't know, Kratos is, like, I mean, it's easier to do that with something like Duke Nukem because he's, like, also just a clown of a character on purpose, too, right? It's just you're, in the 90s, you were laughing with him, and now you would just be laughing at him. Uh, Kratos is a different thing because there's not, not, not a lot of humor going on in the God of War series. Mm. Um, but, yeah, like... I mean, I think there's something to also, it's much harder when it's like, because like the part of the story of the 2018 God of War is like, Cory Barlog's coming back to like fix God of War. Like he's reckoning with all the things he did before. And like, turns out maybe he didn't, like maybe he wasn't the person to like reckon with that. Maybe it would have been better if someone else was trying to reckon with that. You know, it's like, you know, you sometimes you need an editor. You need someone else to look at a thing you're working mm. on, right? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'd even say, like, if, if, I, I would like, I, I think they should just embrace him being an anti-hero, right? Like, yes. You know, yeah. just, he's this gory dude. He fucks a lot of women. And uh, just, you can frame that in a way where that's considered and it's, you know, there's a distinction between the author's point of view and the character's point of view. Like fucking Scorsese, that shit. You know, like that. That's that's what I think. I, I'm not a I'm not a big fan of the whole sanitized. Like, oh, I just these emotions I have for all these people I yeah. killed now that I'm a dad. It's like it's so so annoying. trite. It's so trite. Yeah. I can't take it. Mm. I agree. I mean, like. Uh... Geralt is like a like like you know James Bondy like womanizer right? but they managed to make him somewhat palatable in Witcher three right like he's not like a horrible terror like they they could have I think they could have had some level of doing pulling that off he should but he should, he should more villainous they, they, there's no gore even in that game like you pull apart people and they like bleed orange 
lava. This isn't. It didn't feel like there was any like. I don't know. I, it felt. It felt Disneyified to be honest. That's how I felt about that game when I played it. <clears throat> the new God of War. Yeah. And I'm kind of like hating on the new God of War culture. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we, we we shouldn't be afraid of having characters that have unseemly problems. Prob or you know problems. They do things that are bad. Like not everyone has to be a beacon of morality. Mm -hmm. You know. In but fact, I mean, they're the pretty boring is, characters. Do you trust anyone to do that in a video game at this point, and not just Spec Ops align it or Shadow of the Colossus it or like it's they like the game directors cannot stop themselves from being like. Like trying to implement the player, like, haha, it's actually your fault that this person is a bad person. Mm. When it's like, I, I couldn't, I'm, I couldn't, bro. You made the game. I can't change the game. Like, I, like, like, I, I don't want to go on a whole hot take tangent about Spec Ops: The Line, but I think that's also a game I'm pretty cold on that a lot of people like. Of like the whole rug pull moment in the middle of that game is like, I mean, I didn't have a choice. It, like, you're like. You're giving, you're doing a gotcha on me when like I was doing the only, literally the only thing I could do, and I just don't, I don't like the like, well, you know, if you really wanted to be the good guy in Shadow of the Colossus, you would have turned the game off. Yeah. Like, do you like hurting people? Uh, the, those moments. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like that. Would I, you kindly? I think that, that like. Would you kindly? Yeah. Would you? Yeah. Kindly? I mean, we've just done that so many times. I'm just yeah. like, yeah, like the end of Metal Gear Solid Two. Like, there's so many of these. I'm just like. I'm just tired. Like I get it. Yes, it's this is it, it's so you're cute. I get it. Mm. I think like do you think it's it's possible now that we've had like a decade of sort of uh, contrarian game design like you're discussing that we could just have like an embrace of kind of ridiculous comic book characters again in AAA gaming or does it have to be arty and 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 like pretentious i guess i think we can probably come back to that i mean because we're like we're kind of at the end of the like sony prestige mm. sad dad you know like hbo limited series kind of thing with like there's you can only keep doing that so many times before people just get kind of bored of it i mean i was bored of it a long time ago but clearly yeah. like the general gaming public is not quite bored of it yet but you know eventually you know they need to find something else and i can see it like i mean there's been like stuff like Sunset Overdrive, I would say, is like to try and like kind of do that. What was the what was the people can fly uh, shooter? Oh, the hell one in hell. Yeah. No, or like, was it? It wasn't. Bulletstorm. Yeah, Bulletstorm. Oh, Bulletstorm. That's yeah. that's kind of a like we're we're trying to have fun. We're you know, there's like been there's been attempts at it, and yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we eventually wrap back around it. I mean, there's like on a smaller scale, there's like the the boomer shooter like indie game. Right. thing that's going on well i actually really liked how the wolfenstein games handled this because those are games that weren't like because my two biggest criticisms of games like god of war is there's it's twofold one it's like you're supposed to feel bad at, at bad that you're doing these things that you're committing these acts of violence which i feel like i've seen so many times but also just like there are no good guys there are no good guys in this battle. Everyone's yeah. bad. And Wolfenstein. Gray yeah, gray yeah. morality. And Wolfenstein has the balls to be like, no, you are the good guy. 
the kill these people <laughs> and they i yeah. thought it did in a way that was actually pretty meaningful especially a uh, new colossus having replayed it recently so not saying like those games are like i know you love them kevin i love them too they're not necessarily like the greatest games of all time in certain ways but yes I, they are don't you say know that. yeah i don't know why i'm qualifying that i, I love <laughs> them i love them i think uh i think they've aged very well because they are trying to say something meaningful without settling for those trendy everything's gray everyone's a bad guy in this story <laughs> so yeah it's just like trite and homogenous things are tired for a reason and we get tired of those things we see them a lot i guess <laughs> it's like the whole idea of like i'm above the situation because i don't take a side you know mm. oh i'm seeing yeah. the the marxists on one side and the nazis on the other side but the enlightened centrist yeah that. i'm the centrist yeah <laughs> i mean that is like like centrism is like it has to be like the neutral ground for anything that has like morality choices like mass fed right like you have to have like an all good or all bad and so like you know that's just kind of built into the game design of a game like that right mm. for sure yeah I like a way that, like like a wasteland does it where it's like every time you make a decision if you think it's going to be bad it might have good or bad consequences if you if you think it's going to be the good decision it might still have really bad consequences you're just kind of you're just kind of fucking up no matter what. Mm. Uh, I thought The Witcher Three did that well too. The Witcher Three had a lot of foobar situations that I thought were really good. We talked about that before, but it, yeah. it can it can be done well, you know, like. But I just think there's a certain trendiness that has been prevalent um, that I can't that I think we just I hope we're over that hill. But I feel right. like I'll play God of War Ragnarok and it's going to be the same thing where uh, Kratos is going to be standing over Thor ready to kill him. And then Atreus is just like, don't do it, dad. <laughs> <laughs> think about what you're yeah. doing. Oh my God. No, OK, wait a second. What if Atreus is standing over Thor and Kratos tells them not yeah. to do it? Well, man, I did not expect Whoa. that. That is such a, like a, a reversal of dynamics. <laughs> Dude, imagine if you know, the God you know of War... Would make this... All right, Sorry. go, come. Yeah. Okay, you know what would be amazing is imagine if, if Kratos at the beginning of the game loot drops all of his morality from the last game and just becomes super villain and just murders everyone. Like, he just goes and kills all of the <laughs> the gods from... Well, yeah, uh, it worked for him once. Mm. Like, if, if, they, if they, like, retreaded the original st- vibe instead, you know, like, yeah, I think that yeah. would be... Uh, I liked being the bad guy. guy. I liked I liked playing the original games and being kind of shitty. You know, it was fun. Yeah. Okay. So the, there's no way that the I, assuming there's three of them, there's no way that you don't end the third one by playing as Atreus and having to kill Kratos, right? Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. That's definitely gonna happen. I think I did read that this next one's the last one because they didn't mm. want they didn't want people to wait years for a trilogy. So I think this mm. is it. I think this is the one. But I'm All not right. sure. I'll, I'll probably Jeff play gonna it. Cry. But yeah, or is definitely going to play it. I am definitely not going to play it, and uh, I think the rest of us. Yeah, this is, we're, we're kind of renowned for our God of War contrarianism. Um, <clears throat> sorry, God of War fans. Sorry, God of War fans. No, I, so, I sorry, love Obi Wan fans. It. People are so happy. That's the thing. I feel like such a shithead because I'm like, I know. I, so I fuck this too. game. Like, but people are, like, are really yeah. excited, and I'm just like. It's stupid. So I feel bad. I'm the bad guy. You guys enjoy your shit. Uh, Oren, why have there been so many games delayed this year? 33? Um, 
33? I think, I think it's because, uh, you know. Like my brother's age. Um, people people want to just plus. take it easy, you know, kick back. I don't know. COVID. There kick back. <laughs> <laughs> it's just too many too many uh, beer 30s. Uh, I, I don't know. That's that's a lot of games. I, I'm actually impressed that Sony has is is putting out as many games as they are. You know what I hate? I'm on Twitter, and I should not be on Twitter, because there's one thing I don't like about Twitter, and it's not the thing that everybody else doesn't like about Twitter. It's that Twitter... Well, people probably don't like this, but Twitters will constantly be like, oh, you commented on something to do with video games. Click on Xbox, or and then it'll be like, anti-Xbox fanboys, or pro-Xbox fanboys, like the, the fanboys. For some reason, Twitter M4G. always recommends me the fanboys. Or... Every time I, I open up the Twitter, uh, the Facebook app, uh, sorry, Facebook, the, the desktop version, it shows me uh, Bloodborne is trending, and it's never, it's never a re-release. But um, <laughs> yeah, is that it's it, it's it that uh, Twitter account? It's that Twitter just, account that does. It just says Bloodborne's like, trending. I wonder if that, that drives user engagement. People like click on this in the platform like that extra little bit longer. Oh my god! Yeah, no, it totally is. It's it's so yeah. stupid. Um, anyway, to my point. Sony's put out and will have put out a pretty good number of games, so I, I just wanted to preface that with I'm, I'm not I'm not engaging with the fanboyism, but I have seen it on the Twitter. Uh, Sony's putting out a lot of stuff this year. How do you guys feel about that? My, my two Xbox cultists. What's going on? I'm not an Xbox cultist. Shut up. What's what's going defend on? Defend your brand. Yeah, defend your brand. <laughs> so uh, for me, at least, since I bought my um, laptop, my Xbox has kind of been getting dust. Not that I don't love my Xbox, but um, I was like, wait a minute, I could just have all my Steam games on my TV. And I've been buying Steam games for 12 years or longer. Maybe and I was 20. like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> I can just set the laptop to launch in big picture mode, and it's basically a console, but I get PC performance. So yeah. um, I think... Um, PC Gamer said, I think in 2019, um, who won the console war? PC Gaming, because I, they can play God of War and Halo on one platform. So uh, <laughs> that might be true. Um, so Sony releasing more games, I guess, is potentially good for me because I can buy them later. I can buy them in like five years, you know, <laughs> when I'm old on uh, Steam. So, yeah. you know, I won't want to play them anymore. They'll be outdated and they'll be lame by that point. Except for Demon Souls and Blood Bloodborne. Those two games will probably, Demon Souls will become Bloodborne. I don't know. Oh my god, but I'm gonna put that in your your show notes. Actually, we need to talk two two seconds about that. Okay. Okay. Um, I I'm I'm happy for Sony and Sony fanboys. Uh, I'm happy for I, them too. I I do kind of want to play that Last of Us remake. I think that'll be pretty cool. Uh, and I like That's quite a steam. I like uh, Gran Turismo Seven, despite what I've said in the past. I, I've seven, right? Yeah, whatever that game. I had some fun with it. Uh, I hated uh, the. Horizon Forbidden West. I played it for about two hours, and I was like, "This game is garbage." So, just question, just like a very brief. Yeah. Did that game have that same kind of writing where everyone's like, "Wow, Aloy is so amazing! Oh my God, she's saving the world! She's the best person! I can't believe how amazing uh, Aloy is! Wow, she's I so mean, sacrificing!" I okay, I only encountered like one person. in the dialogue, like in the dialogue, not even just like thematically, like the people actually say it. Not that I encountered. Okay. But I didn't cool. encounter enough to to really. Bit. No, I, I like the first two or three or more hours of the game. You're like with one dude, and you're like breaking into a base, and it's very right. linear, goofy. It's, it's a strange, strange way to start an open world game, but whatever. Uh, yeah. A any more thoughts on these game delays? Um, I'm not surprised. 
I would like Sony to make a good a game as good as Returnal again. Mm. Returnal was awesome. Yeah, Returnal was awesome. But I don't know. I, I'm kind of. We've talked about this a couple times already, but Sony's just kind of kind of rebranding to be kind of superhero, Star Wars, Marvel machine slash yeah. God of War, which to me is basically Thor. Um, and uh, Marvel's Thor, that is. And as for the game delays, yeah, I mean it's a it's gonna be a pretty boring fall, I think. <laughs> I'm not. I feel like the only game I'm act- actively anticipating uh, before the year's out is Callisto Protocol. Um, that's like end of the year, right? It's like December or I think it's yeah, and it might get delayed. Who knows? Mm. I, I don't trust December release dates. So that comes out within a month of the Dead Space remake. So that's probably why they're releasing it in December to try to get ahead of it. Uh, oh, they do have to. They do have to beat them to that. Yeah, December second. Wow. Yeah. I thought it was October. So that, hmm. That's. I just. It's just so interesting that Schofield's like competing with his own game in a weird way. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, but that but Callisto Protocol. Like that is the gory, insane, uh, heady video game that I want that I don't think Sony really is interested in making anymore. I feel like Returnal might be the last one. I don't know. <laughs> so, I don't last know. Two? Sony still puts out an avant-garde game every other year or so, right? Okay. We've got Death Stranding, we've got Returnal, we've got Bloodborne. Um, I feel like there's something else. That is not it. every other year. Well, no, that, 2015. That's like, sure, sure, but that's like every other year. That's three games over six years. Yeah, but based on the their recent, based on their recent stuff, I feel like mm. they've just been interested in IP preservation, Disney stuff. Like yeah. Insomniac doing superhero stuff, remaking Kotor. Like it, it feels like they're all about brand preservation in a way that is not super interesting. I think you're right. Uh, it, oddly, you're right. right now, Phil Spencer is writing me. He's DMing me on on Twitter. He wants to sponsor this show. Do you guys want to become an Xbox podcast? Sure. I'm kidding. Okay. Oh. Okay. Sign me up. Hey Phil, can you pay for my Game Pass? Yeah. <laughs> Can you buy I me like Xbox, an Xbox I refrigerator? I want an Xbox oh, I, refrigerator. I would, I'd be down with one of those, yeah. I want one of those too. That'd be sweet. You know what I'd do is I'd, I'd put my computer in there. Um, <laughs> very recursive. Uh, all right, guys. Heat 2. Michael Mann wants you to turn his prequel into a sequel into a movie. What? what? Heat 2? Did you do what? this to us, Oren? Yeah, I decided. You, you know, I know we're like mainly a games uh, podcast, but you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in some film Twitter Do into it. this podcast because uh, this is why I'm here. <laughs> Screw video games; it's my time to shine. We, we are games culture stuff. Going back to the initial the initial design doc, so we can we can talk about whatever the fuck we want. That's true. Anyway, uh, so a little background for people not involved in film Twitter: Heat by Michael Mann is basically the poster boy for film Twitter. Everybody worships that movie, and it's an amazing movie. I love mm-hmm. Heat, but it is. I think film Twitter sometimes takes it a, little, a little too far in terms of it being like the be all end all of genre cinema. I mean, but, it's only Michael Mann's like third best movie to begin with, so like you know, I, I actually agree with that. Um, but um, I think, uh, well, Michael Mann he wrote this prequel sequel book 
and now he wants to make it into an actual movie so we might actually get heat too and for, for one that's cool but also i feel like that's just film twitter kind of going crazy about heat and then michael mann who's also on twitter seeing that and being like i'm gonna make heat too i think it's not cool did you guys watch that val movie which uh, movie val val it's, an, it's a documentary by val kilmer who apparently has been cataloging and film he's been like making videos of himself since he was a kid yeah so i he, did see that it's pretty good um i don't feel like you can have a heat without val kilmer or or a reasonably ungeriatric uh, Robert De Niro and uh, Al Pacino. Like, what is that movie? It's just what 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 relation does it have to the, to the the characters of Heat? At this point, I haven't read it. I don't know. I don't I mean, know it's what like Drew supposed to be. Have. I haven't read. Well, it's not out yet, right? It's just like uh, you can pre-order right now. I mean, it's but it's like just like backstory of like. Uh, I forget the actual character's name, but Robert De Niro and Al Pacino's characters, and I okay. guess also Val Kilmer's character, some like before, just basically, I could like I think it's like leading up to her when because like the Robert De Niro's character has like been to prison before. It's like one of the key parts of his character, and he, and I think it's either maybe leading up to whatever gets him put in prison or something like that. I don't know, hmm. um, but yeah, I mean that. I'll I'll watch it if they make it. I don't know that I. I mean, I think I was like talking to someone else about this of like I don't have like I don't think it's gonna be good, but I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in it. I have no hopes for it, but you know, it's interesting. So I did watch. Uh, I consider myself a fan of Michael Mann's Miami Vice, which is another film Twitter movie. I know a lot of people don't like that movie, but I personally like it a lot. And he made Tokyo Vice as an HBO series. Oh, that's Michael Mann. He wasn't he wasn't like a lead creative on it. He was a producer, but he directed just the first episode. But it's okay. clearly like, you know, supposed to be kind of like a spiritual successor. And it was very fine. It was a very mm. fine okay TV show. It wasn't mm, great wasn't bad they they made a fatal error in cast casting ansel elgort as the main character yeah. who is like two minutes before character. he got super canceled right <laughs> yeah and he's that's, like but that th- it's not even for, that for them, he's just he's his he face sucks. is like a void like yeah. he's a void of charisma like west side story the reason why i liked west side story was all the other performances not his hmm. so but anyway, after watching Tokyo Vice, I'm a little bit less keen on watching Heat 2, if that's ever true. I'd rather them just kind of, you know, preserve the legacy of Heat. But Yeah, that was uh, that was the first movie I ever saw at somebody's house where they had a full surround sound. And I think they had a laser disc. Am I dating myself? I don't know. But uh, my, it <laughs> wasn't a DVD. It was pre-DVD. I was a teenager. And they had like a like one of the first like consumer surround sound systems, and I remember watching that gunfight just like max volume, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" Yeah. They sound like howitzers, you know, yeah. the machine guns and stuff. I did. Did you all see the like in the actual article how Michael Mann is like pitching the necess- the necessity of Heat Two as like it's kind of like a Heat universe, quote unquote. 
and just like the fact that we have to that's a little gross honestly i mean i i assume and hope he, that's more of just like a him trying to do a kind of a marketing thing for like to put out there for like the executives like yeah it's like a it's like a universe you're giving money all these universes right what if i did a heat universe give me no one will give me money black hat was like a decade ago no one gives me enough money to make an actual big screen movie anymore hmm. but yeah it is rather dire yeah i i uh i don't know i i feel like if michael mann had a good script he could make like a really cool movie i did like the tokyo vice episode he directed because it was just cool seeing his approach to digital cinematography again but but yeah i don't know i don't know if he too especially after watching tokyo vice i'm not hmm. just out of curiosity true because you said it and it was tantalizing he said heat is your third favorite michael mann what are your top two then Oh, Thief is, like, miles and away better than anything else Michael Mann's ever done. Thief is one of the best movies, like, American movies ever made. Yeah. If you ever watch Thief, amazing. Thief is a, it's a five out of five every day of the week and twice mm. on Sunday. You should watch Thief immediately. Yeah. Uh, but I also think I like The Insider better than Heat. Sure. Thief is fucking It's not good. quite as... I mean, Heat is, like, more fun watchable than The Insider. I mean, The Insider 4, like, what it is, like, uh, sound could sound like it's, like, a super dry movie and it's still... It's very watchable, but you know, Heat has the, has the, the, the you know, the, the insider does not have any scene like the diner scene between De Niro and Pacino in it, right? So like, but as a movie overall, I think I do like the insider a little bit better than Heat. Hmm. But not, but neither of those movies have an ama- as the scene as amazing as the uh, Portillo's scene with uh, James Caan, where he's At talking Portillo's? about Portillo's. I, I think it was Portillo's. I can't remember. Like, I think they have the Portillo's hot dogs, but they're like. But he's like, I gotta do my magic trick. Like that whole scene is like the best scene he's ever done. That scene's just also like, yeah. If like and James Con ripped to James Jimmy Con, man. Rest in peace, James Con. Yeah, yeah. Rest in peace. I, I can see that Kevin is literally about to die. It's like <laughs> Oren when we talk about tech for more than two minutes. There's there's just this like <laughs> like eyes rolling back into the skull moment. So sorry, Kevin. Uh, but uh, it's okay. You guys are excited. It's fine. It's okay. You don't I like movies, Kevin? Once, I, they're okay. I like them, but... You like David Lynch. Yeah. I love David Lynch. Yeah. And Ari Aster. I watch horror movies. I watch horror movies. And Ari Aster, one of my favorite directors. John Carpenter. <laughs> I think you like David Cronenberg, too, but that could just David be Cronenberg? me. Uh, no, I like David Cronenberg. Yeah. <laughs> Remember I was talking about how I, I watched the interview with him talking about The Fly and how, like, amazing he was and eloquent and he was so detailed and I felt like I had a really good understanding of, like, his perspective on the genre from that one interview. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Uh, yeah, uh, I, lo- I love it. <clears throat> Oren, tell me why you decided to uh, embrace your, your roots and go back to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, I have never consumed Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles before. Just want to put that out there. I was a 90s kid, but when I say 90s kid, I mean like late 90s, not yeah, early like, 90s. You're an aughts kid, really, right? Yeah, aughts. I'm an aughts like kid. Jimmy New- you're like yeah. a Jimmy Neutron guy, maybe? I was like fairly the guy parents, who, who was too, like when I was 10 years old, I would try to do like Jack Sparrow impersonations. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, okay. That, that's like... Uh, yeah, I see. Yeah, George Bush was in office. Um, I mean, you're only, time. like, what, like a year or two younger than me, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> what a difference, uh, you know? I can't even remember yeah. what my. I thought Pierce Brosnan was a, a great James Bond, and now I realize he was. Wait, not. he's not. <laughs> yeah. He was not. This is you're breaking news to be here. <laughs> I was. Yeah, I kind of like James Bond. I, 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 I mean, yeah. this this is said as someone that I I don't know if I've ever actually watched GoldenEye all the way through, but just but the video game has such a hold on what James Bond is to me, and the video game is so beloved. Of like, well, it has to be good. like Pierce Brosnan has to be good, right? I literally, okay, real quick side tangent. I literally, uh, the first time I cut my own hair was in first grade because I wanted it to be shorter like Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> and my mom freaked out at me. You just brought in the golden eye box. You're like, I want to look like this guy. I literally like just like went into her like bathroom and took like the scissors and like cut, tried to cut my own hair you in a way that to me for some reason seemed like yeah. James Bond, even though... I, I, I mean, I was like six, so yeah, I clearly did not know what I was doing, but because I'm pretty sure I need to actually would probably have to grow my hair out longer than it was to like do the kind of like slick back thing that he had going on. But you know, six year olds are dumb. Hmm. Pierce Brosnan James Bond movies are also dumb. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I've never seen. I've never I seen. I've Golden seen them Eye. all. I've seen all of them. Oh really? They're, uh, they're Have decent. You seen Toronto no Dies sucks the most. Actually, the one with Renard probably sucks. The World is Not Enough probably sucks the most. Golden Knight might be the best one. Are you one sure? The one with Halle Berry is actually one of the worst I haven't seen that I've one. Seen. That's Daniel Craig, right? Or no? No, no it's uh, Die Another Day with Pierce Brosnan. Oh, I, I didn't and see Halle that Berry. one. Mm. It's quite bad. My cousin <laughs> and I like always really liked watching all the movies. And we like, you know, when you're young, you don't have like a sense of taste. You just like watch what's Everything's on entertaining. It's great. So, like, we liked all of them, although we didn't like Toronto for Dies. We thought that, like, sucked. <laughs> so it must be yeah. worse than the other two. Hmm. Like, The World's Not Enough and Goldeneye must be better. Hmm. So I always liked Roger Moore. Yeah. His, I like his camp. Roger Moore. Watch out yeah. for traveling. Um, <clears throat> Oren, Oren, bring me to the world of the Ninja Turtles. What's going on here? Well, I've never played a Ninja Turtles game, but I did play that Simpsons arcade game from the 90s. Okay. The one? And, yeah. yeah, and and playing this, I play. First of all, I played through Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with a friend on a Friday night from beginning to end. So we played it for like five hours straight, and that's how we chose to spend our Friday night. And I didn't think I would like it because I don't give a fuck about Ninja Turtles. I'm sorry, but man, that game was really fun. Um, really great brawler to play with a friend on a Friday and Saturday Saturday evening. And and I I, I love the colors. I love the nostalgia. And I think most of all I just appreciate co op based games that are one short and two replayable. Cause I would love to play through that campaign again on a harder difficulty with somebody else. So, you know, it's not I wouldn't call it like a game of the year contender or anything like that, but as far as an arcade brawler, just to play with friends, I thought thought it was really mm. solid, and it's on mm-hmm. Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Game Pass. So, and uh, yeah, you guys sold me on it last week too, or the last time we podcasted, because you guys said it was good too. I haven't played it since. I want to play more of it. Every time I play it, I want to. It makes me want to play Streets of Rage Four because that's mm. just better. I'm sorry, but you're Which probably they right. removed from Game Pass. Uh, it is better, but it. it uh... Yeah, I don't. I can't play that because they removed it from Game Pass, so it's, it's impossible. Is Fours on Game Pass anymore? It doesn't seem to be. 
That's but, one um, of the best. One of the best. Yeah, it's it's quite good. Uh, but Ninja Turtles. What about uh, River good. City Girls? Is that one good? I never. Played it's it. okay. It's okay. It's okay. I'll be honest. Way Forward let me down a little bit in that game. I was hoping it was gonna be better. To be honest, Did, I like say, Way Forward uh, a lot. Do you think Ninja Turtles is better than River City Girls? Yes. Then? Okay. So it's the second best. Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah. The Streets of Rage is like leagues better. I think Streets of Rage is a masterpiece. It. I think it's like, like it's it's a game I've replayed like. 15 20 times like i spent you know like 60 hours on that game <laughs> it's really good I mean, yeah i don't i'm not the biggest fan of ninja turtles in general i just do not i just don't have that 80s nostalgia for it or early 90s so i think uh street but i did love the simpsons so i love the simpsons brawler so i feel like streets of rage it kind of has that walter hill the warriors kind of look to it that i think i would like or yeah. streets of fire so I think I would like that game. Yeah, play it with a friend. It's really good in co-op and have friendly fire on. <laughs> Interesting. And the music is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Maybe better than the game, and the game's quite good. Um, like the, the game is excellent, but the music is just like. For sure. Do you think? What do you think that does to a video game? Like, there's a few video games. What was I was talking about something with Kevin recently? Where I was like, the game is incredible, but what, do you remember what I was talking about? Oblivion. Kevin? Oblivion. Now, yeah, Oblivion. The game is incredible, but the music is just, in my opinion, next level. Next yeah. level. Like, like, uh, what does that near, do to a near game? Near replicant. That... Near replicant. The music is yeah. like fucking. And I fucking and, love the and game. And Automata, as well. Automata. Yeah. So yeah. good. I can't think of any other game where the soundtrack was like I was excited to listen to it every time I roamed to the open world. I'm like, here it goes. It's gonna swell and. Yeah. And then you hear like the woman's voice go like do the near automata voice. I'm like, ah, oh, so good. Uh, yeah. Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, please. That is another game where you cannot <laughs> wait for the music to like when when you, any any game where it starts, you are so cool that lyrics start happening in the song. That's a good soundtrack to a video game. Yeah, for sure. That, that's a great video game. I was one of my favorite YouTube clips of all time that I like to show to people is the part when Ryden's like, nice argument, Senator. Why don't you cite a valid source? And it's like, my source is that I made it the fuck up. <laughs> Just stupid. Dude, Senator Armstrong is one of the most ridiculous characters in any video game I've ever seen in my life. Like, absolutely just absurd character. It's just a I haven't actually looked game. for it. I'm sure there's got to be a compilation, right, of streamers playing that game for the first time and they get to the Make America Great Again line and they're just like like a reaction compilation to that. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine. Way before. Yeah. yeah. Kojima predicted it. Like everything. Like everything. Have you guys played Metal Gear Solid 2? Shut anyway. up, Aaron. Uh, um, so, okay. Uh, imagine in the future corporations have taken over and to the make future. a penny you gotta go to space <laughs> you gotta cut shit up drew what would it be like uh that would be a lot like the video game hard space Shipbreaker. am i uh, am i am i right that i'm the only one on here that's played this i played a bit of it played this? i played i played okay. past the tutorial slightly did you so have you played did you play back when it was like in early access or have you played like with the story mode? Uh I played it a few weeks ago. So. Okay, so it had the story mode. Yeah. Yeah, so 
Okay, well, that's good. So, like, um, yeah, it's like... So it's a game that was originally was an early access and is almost kind of like you could kind of describe it as one of those like simulator games, like a house flipper or whatever, or like or like a sort of job simulator game where like you are literally like the gameplay of this game is you are you are a, a like worker up in space, like in low orbit Earth, uh, b- literally breaking spaceships apart, which is like you have you have your little laser cutter uh, and a little like kind of magnet beam thing and you like literally go through these spaceships and you find little like yellow parts that you can shoot with your little laser cutter and then eventually you shoot enough of those that connect all like the the outside parts off and you put the certain parts in the you put the stuff that on your HUD shows up blue in the blue space to put the orange stuff in the orange space and the green stuff in the green space like it's a very somewhat can be broken down in a very simple way of that like that and it's almost like I do think it has more depth to it than something like a house slipper, which is probably the only one of those games I've actually spent a significant amount of time. And that is probably closer to like a puzzle game in that like once you get like harder and harder ships to break down of like you basically just have to learn like the procedure for how to properly break down a ship without it blowing up on you. Like the easiest thing is like uh, after the first couple like days in the story mode you'll start getting ships that are pressurized so you have to learn how to depressurize them properly otherwise if you like you know if you cut into a pressurized section without depressurizing at first then the whole thing goes kaboom and there's like they later and throw in like stuff like coolant and nuclear reactors that are powering these ships and all all these different things you have to learn to the proper order to uh do them all in because each ship is like there are a couple different classes that are sim- going to be similar to each other, but it is almost kind of like a a roguelite sort of thing of like the where each thing is located in the ship is going to be randomized a little bit and could be in a various amount of places that might make it harder or easier to uh, get to them and whatnot. That's the basic gameplay. And like originally was kind of all the game was. And it's like as that is still like for that type of game is a very good one of those games. Mm hmm. Um, but then there's like when it had its 1.0 release came with like a story mode that is like it's 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 good it's good it's definitely good Mm -hmm. but it's like it's one of these things where I have like a thousand little nitpicks on that like it could have been one of my favorite games of all time but it like misses it each single time of like just doesn't quite get there and in some ways it's almost makes it sort of like like it is a good video game i would recommend if if anything i said about the gameplay sounds fun to you if you're that type of person that likes this type of games you should definitely give this a shot but it is like also kind of almost more frustrating to me that it they almost had something amazing here and they just kept not quite getting there mm. uh which is basically like it's not like a very deep story to like like I was going to say like I don't want to spoil it but there's like I mean you could literally sum up the entire story of the game in like a paragraph. Um but I think that is kind of partially part of the problem in that like a lot of times the story mode feels like a thing that you are like you're obviously you are a silent protagonist and like you know all of this these quote unquote story is through just like uh, like voice calls that are going on with other people you work with and whatnot. Um like you you have no active part of the story whatsoever um 
and like i think it's so it's a story about that is like very like tries to be about like like the main thrust of the of the story this is i would not consider this a, spo- a spoiler because i consider this what the story is about is about like like it's the the situation of why you are a shipbreaker is uh like you are for is kind of a tongue-in-cheek over the top sort of uh like um aperture science like evil corporation like like they literally own like all of the earth basically they're like if amazon literally owned the earth right and like you have like you are a billion dollars in debt and you have to like rent all your equipment and so every time you you're making money technically by breaking these ships but each at the end of each shift you also are getting charged for like a, a million dollars for renting your space suit and stuff like that you know it's it's like it is very tongue-in-cheek over the top it's not like it's not trying to be very dour about it um but it does also want to say that like obviously this is not good uh you know um like it's it's it both is and is not trying to make light of that so the whole thrust is basically you and your group trying to start a union or get in contact with a union group that is organizing in this company but like it's just it's it's frustrating in that like there's a lot of different ways that companies and corporations can abuse their workers and this is a very specific look into how that happens and i don't think it meshes well with the actual gameplay at all Mm. like the story and the gameplay don't really ever in my opinion help one another or like work with in tandem with each other and sometimes are almost in opposition to each other and like at, to get into specifics i think would kind of be spoilers but it's you know it's i think that at least gives you an idea of what i mean of like there's just a lot of little like they had something there yeah but they didn't quite nail it yeah hmm so yeah, it's like I hate being sounding like like I liked the game. I really enjoyed the game. I would recommend people play it, but uh, it could have been near perfect. Mm. And it turns out most games are not near perfect. So you know what? They they did a good job. Yeah, yeah. But like, so uh, did you find yourself like engaged? So you're saying there's like, there's a there's a ludo narrative problem. Sorry, to, sorry to use those words together, but. Um, <laughs> Like Classic. when you're playing the game, you're kind of floating, and it, it, it kind of reminds me of like Prey and the, the space scenes or other, you know, zero gravity games. Um, did you find that engaging? Did that kind of spark a uh, a little conflict yeah, with the narrative? So, well, like the thing is, like I I don't. So I have done. I worked when I was growing up. I every summer from the age of like thirteen, I had to work with my dad building these sheds at this condo complex that my grandma lived in so like every summer i we were tearing down sheds and literally to the foundation and building them back up like just the two of us Mm -hmm. and then after like when i dropped out of college my first job that i did for seven years was uh picture framing so i've done a lot of like work with my hands so i know a lot like i i know intimately the the feeling of satisfaction of getting good at doing something that is like would you know it's like i mean construction like carpentry is definitely considered manual labor i would even consider like picture framing is not what you would typically consider manual labor but is a type of it it is a like skill a skilled labor with like you are using your hands and like the best the best part of hard space shipbreaker is it it really does like 
by the time you finish that game, you know in the ins and outs, like you can you can just tear through these gigantic ships because you know exactly how to do this, 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 and this, and you like per you perfect your craft. Oh, like as you're getting it, and you like find you just kind of like there is a way they teach you to break down the ship, but there's also a way that you could like well, this is technically a little dangerous, but this will save me like thirty seconds per cut if I just do this, and like actually like I'm good enough now, I can do that. Uh, and it's great at, like, I don't know that I've ever played a video game that really elicits that type of work experience. Um, yeah. And, and it's great at that. But at the same time, like, I feel like the... So, like, for me, like, when I was working in the frame shop, right? Like, this is not this is not necessarily a bad thing but like because i worked for like i worked for big corporations that were national chains we had like you know you had all the safety equipment that you had to wear because if you any if you did anything on accident any accident happened that you got injured on the job they would have to pay for it right so they did not want you getting injured not really because they care about you but just because they want you to do this sort of thing or like you know there some of those Okay, here I'll give you a quick example. I can make this quick. So uh, when you're a picture, when you're framing a picture, if you if if you've never thought about picture framing, if but if you've looked at one before, you can see like usually they have the frame on the outside, the picture on the inside, and there's this little kind of border around it in between those. Usually that's called the mat board, and you got to cut an opening in the mat board. And if you do it by hand, normally like you can either do the the thing that I usually did, which is faster, which is literally you just take a ruler, you draw a hole in the center where your hole needs to be for the picture, measure it out, do the math, and just cut it. But what they wanted us to do, because it is, you know, technically you could mess up the math on that if you, don't, if you do it wrong and then you've wasted a mat board, so you've wasted product. What they wanted you to do is use these, like, things on the mat cutter called mat stops that base, that take a lot longer, and if you... But if you dial them all in, technically it's like dummy proof. Like it literally stops the blade from going too far and overcutting. Mm. Uh, and they were a pain in the ass to use, and I never used them. But technically, I was supposed to use them. So that is how, you know, the corporation got in the way of like, if it just trusted me to do this thing technically the wrong way, I'm actually more efficient at it. Mm. But it's technically not the way I'm supposed to do it, mm. which is the opposite of how like. Uh, Hard Space Shipbreaker is more of just like only kind of knows it from a knows about like oversight from the company of like they don't care like they're not giving you the proper they're just not giving you the proper equipment at all mm. which which is one way that you know companies will also take advantage of their laborers but like you know I think from how they were doing it it would have been more interesting if they tapped into more of that like they're actually getting in the way of you having fun because it's fun to find the shortcuts and be technically more dangerous. Yeah. Because that's where the challenge is and you kind of that's where it also kind of is weird in a video game of like we kind of like creating our own challenges if we can of like uh, this is technically not the correct way to do it, but I could do it faster. And if you do it faster, you do it in less days, you're getting you're making more money. So like there is in the system of the game incentive to do it wrong. But there's also really no, other than just, like, if you mess up and blow up a ship, like, there's no story consequence for that ever. It's just, yeah. like, the general of, like, well, you, you you blew up the ship, so you lost some money, so now you're slightly more in debt. So you have to, like, you know, 
you have to do you have to cut down properly one more ship probably to move the story forward is really it you know hmm, hmm. interesting have, have uh have you guys ever played uh papers please yes yes yeah i feel like that game does that stuff really well because right yeah that's a good example of that kind of stuff yeah because you're it starts off you're just doing the passports and you're you know you're a border patrol person and uh it just starts off as that and i love the slow escalation of moral quandaries that happen like uh you know your supervisor is telling you like oh you have to do your job but then someone will come up and be like please like let me through like i need to see my son or like uh mm-hmm, somebody mm-hmm. like eventually will like hike over the border fence and do a terrorist attack and then like your supervisor's like okay here's a rifle please shoot the terrorist when that happens and uh, i just uh it sounds like this game had that potential of that sort of slow slow escalation but it sounds like they just didn't do it well, yeah I, I think like i hadn't thought about that example that's but that's like a perfect example of like on the complete opposite end of the spectrum of like the story and the gameplay are so completely one-to-one intertwined into each right. other mm-hmm. versus this where like i mean it literally was the game existed without a story mode in it to begin with right like yeah right. and so that's just way too many times where it just feels like the story and the story is something that's happening to me off on the side that i could completely ignore if i wanted to while i'm just off on my own breaking down these ships and having a good time right like it's right. uh it was just I th- in my opinion a bit too much of a missed opportunity there hmm. yeah I feel but that. again, liked the game. Would would recommend the game. Want to be sure I'm putting that. I'm clear on that. Yeah, it, it. But it fell short of of greatness, I guess, for you, right? Right. All right. All right. Hard sh- hard space shipbreaker. Why is that a tongue twister? Or am I just two beers into the night? Uh, it's a it's a little it's it's unwieldy. It's it's a little, it's a little clunky. Uh, but but I like it. Uh, all right. Uh, I'm I'm gonna have to try more of that. I did. I like the idea of like a game that's like simulating work. But giving it like a skill ceiling, like some mastery, like, ha, you can kind of develop your own creativity in this. Um, Death Stranding. Death Stranding, yeah. Yeah, that's a great example. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Guys, they've made at least three Resident Evil remakes. And uh, Oren played, played them all multiple times. I have been playing Resident Evil 3 remake. I think I'm halfway or more through it and uh i think it's it's pretty good i'm i'm enjoying it yeah Um, i i think uh i think it's good too uh, which chapter are you on if you uh, so i I, there is a point where you revisit an old location as a new person okay yeah 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 that's that's a that's probably even more than halfway oh okay cool um I'm liking it. I think it's well-paced. It's actually making me very excited in a way that I wasn't for Resident Evil 4 remake. I'm like, oh, yes, yes, okay. There's some competence here. For some reason, I had been kind of like feeling about Capcom and their, their Resident Evil makers. And I know they have multiple teams doing this, and I don't know which team's doing what. But I was feeling as though the, the people responsible for Village, I don't know, left like a little sour note in the back of my throat you know what i mean it's making me gag a little bit whereas these remakes i, I i'm really liking uh so if uh if, if four is is in that vein i think it's going to be pretty good the thing that i think re- that three does so well because the original three was kind of a little clunky and bad in some ways like it like it, it was kind of two concepts kind of pushed into one and neither was done particularly well 
like it's much more of a linear action game and it's very well paced um, it's interesting because I've played I played the role of, of uh, Dead Space and I've played through like a third of Dead Space 2 in the last week so I kind of have a lot of notes of comparison I actually think it's it's better paced than better paced than Dead Space 2 maybe I, I like Dead Space 1 slower pacing a little better but that's neither here nor there um, I don't know what do you guys think I think Resident Evil 3 Remake is one of those games that when you hear the hype around it, it's like, oh, that game must suck. Like, oh, they dialed back the puzzles. They took out the clock tower level. Um, like, it's only four hours long. And yeah. I actually realized that those, like, flaws are actually virtues for what they were going for. Having Now that I've finally played it, uh, it's just like a really nice, compact four to five hour game that I feel like you could just replay whenever you feel like it. Like I replayed it a few times and uh, you know, cause I was like, Oh, you know, I have a, a lazy afternoon. I'll just do a three hour playthrough of resident evil three remake. And the game mm-hmm. incentivizes you to replay it a lot. Cause there's unlockables for playing through it multiple times. And I don't know. I just, the only other game in recent memory that kind of captured that feeling truly uh, was Vanquish. Mm. Vanquish was another game, like this short, tight uh, shooter campaign and that you could just blast through and replay. Vanquish, a, a recent game, you're saying? Oh, oh gosh, <laughs> you're right. I'm, my sense of time is way off. But, but uh, people always say that for like Call of Duty games. They're like, oh, I love Call of Duty. They're shooting galleries. And then I play a Call of Duty game and I'm bored out of my mind because it's just yeah. like not very yeah. inspired. Like I think Resident Evil 3 Remake is the good version of mm. what those Call of Duty games are doing. Um, maybe or, or not even like with, a, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, even with those those early Uncharted games are doing, like, it's it's a good linear game, right? It's linear. You're always moving forward. There's a little bit of, like, looping back, but it's, very, it's pretty minor. Um, you're, like, literally being pushed forward by a 12-foot-tall dude. Can we talk about uh, unkillable stalkers that exist in video games? Yes. What do you guys think about these? Like, I like think Mr. X or like Mr. Or X, like, like the, the alien and Alien Isolation. Uh, what all was the first th- one? Was it Tyrant from Resident Evil Two? He was Prob- killable, but probably it's the first I could I think. think of. He was killable. He was defeatable in combat, but he would come back. Right. I feel like Amnesia made that type of enemy popular. Definitely, yeah. definitely. So popular. I like it if it's not excessive. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think, at least on hard in Alien Isolation, it felt a little tedious at times. It kind of bogged the game down for me. I do appreciate the tension that it can give. I really felt like it worked with Resident Evil Two. Like with, I think that's probably the best implementation I've ever seen with Tyrant. I feel like he was just remake or original. The, the remake. Okay. Uh, uh, but I don't. I w- I kind of was hoping with RE Three on on the topic, by the way, that that Tyrant or Nemesis was going to be like Tyrant and that he's dynamic and he can be in spots but he's very set piece focused every time i think that they did the set pieces well with him but i was hoping that he would have more i don't know mechanics built yeah so here's a problem i have with this kind of design and i love alien isolation and alien isolation for me does it really well i think on hard i agree alien isolation becomes a little frustrating because you gotta hide in the locker for like five minutes yeah, it's too slow paced. But uh, the when you have an unkillable tank enemy, 
you kind of need to know what you need to do with them. And in Resident Evil 3, the first few times I encountered this guy, I'm like, am I supposed to fight him? Am I supposed to run away? And I like wasn't sure, and it wasn't clear. And like the physics of a an enemy that is unkillable are irrational, right? So I can't apply any sort of like logical, like what should I do to this guy? Um, I don't know. I found that slightly just like just like a little annoying that I was like, okay, do I need to kill him or run? Apparently, you should kill him every time you meet him because he he drops stuff that's good. So so there's there's a tip. Uh, I like that. I guess I like that Resident Evil Three, both of them and two even actually let you defeat them. Not the remake of two, actually, <laughs> but the original two. You get an item for so they're not unkillable in the moment. They can be defeated and they're not chasing you anymore. Whereas like two remake, they actually he never you can't kill him or Alien Isolation you can't you have to actually run. I don't like the running as much. I think it worked in Amnesia and I think it worked in Isolation, but I'm kind of like a little over it. I don't find it to be scary anymore. I'm kind of like I don't I don't know. This is this is just a personal preference, I guess. But yeah, I, I liked Mr. X and Two Two Remake a lot. Me too. Me too. That, that's probably my favorite of the ones that I've played, just because yeah, he's the best. Because it kind of goes to show. It's kind of uh, Kevin. You were talking about this on an earlier podcast. Um, you said that like these the zombies in I think Twenty Eight Days Later aren't that scary because they just sprint at you. Yeah. And, and that you prefer, like, what George Romero said was, like, the slow kind of, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? I can't remember the word I'm thinking of. But it's let, just, let like, the, the shambling. The shambling, yeah. Yeah, the slow shambling of uh, inevitable death kind of coming towards you. Like, you know, these zombies that are just slowly walking towards you. And I like how Mr. X doesn't sprint at you. It's just kind of like this slow, inexorable stomp that's just, like, coming after you. And I think that was a lot more unsettling than just like this dude sprinting at you that you can't kill. Yeah. You know, I agree. I also like how he has, like he, he kind of, he's, he seems vaguely human, but also he doesn't in, in Mr. X in particular, right? Like he's like, he like, he like when he goes through the doors, he like holds his hat on. Right. But he also has this just complete monster quality to him. Just this cold, unflinching. So that, that mystery, I think really lets you build kind of your own characterization of him and makes him scarier. Whereas, like, if he's just a monster, like, like Nemesis, it's not quite as scary, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I, I get this is just random thoughts, but um, I, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was just going to say it. that, like, uh, Mr. X2, he kind of, like, embodies the, like, eight, like 75% terrifying and 25% ridiculous camp yeah. that I always yeah. look for, you know? Oh, yeah. Beautiful. So, like, yeah. It's just that it walks that he walks that line literally perfectly. Giving him the hat was the best thing they could have ever done. Yeah, I love that. It's and you get so like good. an achievement for shooting it off too. I think. Yeah, you do. Mm. But I I do think that uh, on like um, I think you guys are both right. I think RE three actually was a really well paced linear game. I think um, I had an expectation with it that it was going to be Resident Evil two style, and it it's definitely not that. So I think like if your expectation is that you'll be disappointed, but I think if you're expecting kind of what, what you're saying, Oren, and you're saying Aaron as well, like kind of like a, a really well-paced, you know, linear action game with some horror elements, then I think you'll be up a good time because I agree with that. I think the presentation's very, very good. The the enemy, monster design, environments are all very interesting. It doesn't have a lot of... It's very linear, I guess. So, again, it's, I always you, yeah, I, I always want it to be this, like, slight Metroidvania element, like the, the, the police station or even the lab to a degree, but it's definitely, it's definitely not that. But 
I, it is a great game. I still, I'm sad that, it, I don't know. I, I know you like that shorter one. I wish it was like a little bit longer. I had like a little more content to it. Yeah. Um, just cause it, I, 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 this is just me being cynical, but I, I really feel like they shelved some of the dev time on that game to put more into that multiplayer game. Um, oh, yeah. And I really just don't think Resident Evil Shape multiplayer, like unless it's already five and it's co-op. I think like the, the versus asymmetrical thing, like I understand what they're going for. Like I know that's a market for that. And they, Capcom wants to tap into that. Resident Evil's their big horror franchise, so they want to, you know, I get it, but I don't know. I wish, like, they could have put a little more into this game single player, because, you know, RE3 is still a cr- an awesome game. And, and not that the remake's bad, I just, I just, I felt like it could have been a little better. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, that's like too, is, that, is that too mode. condemning? Because I, cause I no, like the game. No. I, I, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. That's reasonable. I, 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 I mean, I was watching the Capcom showcase, and they were showing off that re- reverse game, and it's I think it's just so embarrassing. Kill that looks shit. Like, yeah, it looks sorry. like fucking just, garbage. Yeah, I mean, that's still a thing. For so long, yeah. That's still a thing? Yeah, yeah it's still sh- a it's thing. Like, guys, yeah, Umbrella yeah, Chronicles yeah, didn't yeah. work. Re- Operation Raccoon City didn't work. Like, just give up on the versus Resident Evil. It's not what this franchise is about. Hmm. It's not what so, we play for. That's weird. Uh, hmm. Can we talk about the biggest problem with this game, though? Is that they established a continuity of character faces in the remake, the original remake, that they yeah, have completely jettisoned. Why does Jill not look like super hot Jill from Resident Evil 1 yeah. remake? Why, why so does she this look... Is, this is me being a fucking Resident Evil serious dork, but they changed her face in Resident mm-hmm. Evil Mercenaries on DS, and they changed her face in Resident Evil Revelations. And then on the Mercenaries version, you could play as a Resident Evil 3 outfit, and she wasn't... Okay, this is me being nerding out big time, but she wasn't Julia Voth face. She was this new... I don't know what model. And then the new game has, like I think, some Russian model. I felt like the new character is closer to the original than the one that they had in Revelations, but they also changed Barry's face in Revelations 2. Sorry, I could, I could nerd on this for a long time. But basically what I'm trying to say is I agree with what you're saying completely. This is a frustration I've had internally for years... But I will say, I think the face model they chose for Jill in RE3 Remake <clears throat> felt right to me. I still feel no, like, even though she's not... Remake she's, is better. Oh, she's way better. I agree. But yeah. I'm saying, like, I think, like, it's a good compromise. Like, they're not going to get her again, probably. They could have, but I what don't do you mean see they, that they, happening. What do you mean they fucking... They, what? They, they, that's the character. Not, Why are they changing the characters? Well, I mean, if you go back and play the original 1996 game, it's a different actor. They are chunky pieces of polygonal no, nothingness. They you can't make have any real sense actors. of what they look like. Remember Jill Valentine? Oh, oh in she the videos? The gun, nobody do, watched do, do, the do, videos. Do. Yes, yes nobody, we do. I, that's one of the greatest the video game intros of all time. It is, it is. But, but Come on. That, I, I, can, I can deal with that because that is so Pulling the gun old. out? <gasps> those people were paid like $10 from what I understand and a couple of peanuts. Um, My but, point is, I think there's been multiple Jill faces. Oh, there. But have. I think they've all had a similar a similar look, and I think the new there's been Jill multiple face. Chris faces. There's been like Leon's the only person who seems vaguely consistent throughout time, except no, he, his he hair color changes. He used to be redhead. Now yeah, he's got yeah. Hair. Used to be a ginger. Now he's got this weird gray shit. What's going on? He turned into anime boy for sure. He turned into super anime man. Hey, come on, RE4 Leon is totally anime. Yeah, he's great though. Uh, I feel like we, we may have spilled too much ink on this one, but uh, that's how I feel. Okay, question for you Resident Evil nerds. What, what is your favorite characterization of a Resident Evil character, um, of, of the classic ones? Because I'm not going to say who my favorite is, but I want to hear, like, based on... Because you've played all the Resident Evil games, what's your favorite characterization of a specific character? So th- this is a cop-out, probably, 
no pun intended, but I think uh, <laughs> the original Leon, Claire, and the original Jill and Chris, I like the like campy cheese voices for them. Um, what's going on in this town? Like, I just like those original lines um, the most. But I also really like Chris and RE5. I know everyone hates RE5, but I think he's great in that game. And Wesker is like the, my avatar and everything for a reason. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I what reason is I, that? Are are you are you plotting to take over the world? What's what's the reason? Yeah, that I'm going to release Uroboros, super super villain. I just think he's a like an, a, a talk, like ridiculous character and an amazing yeah. one at the same time. He's like a, absolute ridiculous. So it's villain. Wesker. Okay, we we, we get it. What about you, Aaron? What about you? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm going to agree with what Kevin just said. I, I love... I'm a 90s kid, Oren, so I, I love these uh, these Resident Evil games from the 90s. Uh, but yeah, anything Resident Evil 1, like first pass, but also yeah. Jill Valentine from Remake. Yeah, she's good too. Also good. She's really good. I'm, I'm going to throw out... Uh, I'm going to throw out... Chris Redfield from Resident Evil Village is my yeah, favorite big, character. Big shock! That's it's not like your <laughs> your avatar right now. It's also like your avatar, <laughs> dude. He was so great. I love like the part when he's like mild spoilers, but like the part when it's the Call of Duty mission and he's in his car and he's smoking a cigarette and he's like, "We gotta take him out, gotta nuke him," and he yeah. tosses the cigarette. <laughs> he looks so ridiculous. I was literally losing my mind. I was like, "Oh my god." Um, uh, BSA sending in BOWs. <laughs> it was just such a. It's like, what if we rewrite Chris Redfield as Captain Price from Call of Duty, and it shouldn't work, but it works, and I loved it. It worked. It was, yeah, I liked him as the as the villain too. You know, in the beginning, it worked. It was good. Yeah, mm. he's probably my favorite characterization. Anyway, Drew, do you uh, have Drew? thoughts on this? Uh, Mila Jovovich. Okay. <laughs> so good answer. So just answer. just on that topic, like I was going to mention that. Thank you for reminding me. The You're Resident welcome. Evil 3 Jill totally looks like Mila Jovich. Like, she totally looks like I think they, they modeled her after her. Wait, the remake or the th- third one? The remake. Remake Jill. Look at her and look what? at a picture of Jovich. They, they look pretty similar. So, no. I'm going to say no to that one. That's a no. Go Google. I, I know what they look like. I can remember. Yeah, I remember. had to look it up because I was like, do they? And I looked at it, I'm like, oh, they do. You know what? I stand Paul W.S. Anderson. He just wants to make cool action movies with his wife. Can I just mention, actually, like very quickly, I watched Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City, and I highly don't recommend that movie. I'm not going <laughs> to negative it heavily. I'm just going to say that my friend, I watched it with a friend of mine, he, Ben, actually, and mm. he said, he said, oh, this is like a really low-quality sci-fi movie, sci-fi being S-Y-F-Y, and I was like, oh, you're so right. It's exactly what this is. So basically all it is is they put some scenes from the games in – and those scenes are like perfect, and then everything else is just bad filler. So hmm. that's all. Don't watch it. So the trailer was was all I needed to see. The trailer was every scene from the game. Okay. And the rest okay. of it is just bad filler. Wow. It was bad characterization. I feel like too. Just everything very not not accurate. Hmm. Yeah, bad. All, all right, nerds, shut up. No more Resident Evil. Yeah. Uh, wait, actually, I I have a Resident Evil question. Okay. Uh, Shoot. It's gonna take me a second to look up. Wait. Okay. Uh, look up. Okay. Yes, because I oh, look, I, I'm the anime person, so I have to bring anime to this discussion. Um, yeah, why not? There ha, have it is it is directly Resident Evil related. Uh, I watched a little bit ago. Where is it? 
Biohazard 4D Encounter, which is uh, like 20 minute, it's entirely 3D CG uh, short film, I guess, uh, by, it's by a director who has, uh, he's done, he's probably the thing he's most well known. He's, he did a lot of like 90s OVA, like, street like not for kids body horror type stuff and it's actually like really good i would suggest if you've never watched it it's the whole thing's on youtube it's pretty good all right, all right. 20 minutes long I'll check too, it so out it's orin approved why not so it's based on resident evil but is it is it, it is like it is literally it's it's called biohazard, oh, biohazard 4d yeah. it's it's only it's like is in japanese because i never got oh yeah localized or anything raccoon city but if you yeah if you just type in biohazard 4d into youtube i think there's like a remastered like fan remastered or whatever thing should probably be like the first thing that comes up uh i highly recommend you watch it okay before All we right. leave this resident evil absurdity can I just ask, how is it that Raccoon City is both New York City and the fucking urban bumfuck Egypt nowhere at the same time? Why not? You know, it's just got to accept it. You are, know? are you talking about like uh, the Spencer mansion and then the city being so? Like, I'm sa- yes, I'm area? saying it's clearly a, a massive urban center surrounded by nothing, which just doesn't really exist in my experience. Maybe maybe in Canada. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, that could be. It seems to work in the game. Yeah, it, no, it, it, it works. It works. It works. But it's 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 just I'm like. Hmm. Isn't there like a New York City type city just like in the middle of Idaho? Come on, use uh, your imagination. Why not? There is not. Okay, Kevin, tell me what happens when your brain gets damaged at the post office. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Can I read a review? I said I just read, I was reading this on Google. Please earlier. And I, I, uh, I thought it would be, be pretty good. It said, um, the game is extremely bad, unfun, and sexual. Not as much blood as I want it to be. Pretty low effort. I will be continuing to play Fortnite. Roblox is a good example of another open world game. Yes, it is. And it's beautiful. This postal will literally give you brain damage. <laughs> that w- that was I just saw that and I was like trying not to laugh. Cause I, and I read it. It was just like, oh my gosh. It's very, it's very <laughs> poorly written. But um, anyways, I just beat this game. Um, the only reason I even Postal tried brain it was, damage is that yeah the, okay gotcha Postal brain damage sorry the only reason I even played it was because Dave Oshry I'm friends with him on Steam and he recommended it he said what a good postal game that's illegal so I said okay I'll try it it's on sale um, I mentioned it last time you did it's you know it's retro shooter um, very much a Doom clone Quake cl- clone also Doom Eternal clone um, has the Doom Eternal super shotgun with the hook and it's somehow even better than the Doom Eternal version I don't know how they, they got it better. You can, like, use it to, like, fly up in the air and, like, repeatedly, like, fly. Like, if you have flying enemies, you can, like, ramp off of them and, like, shoot them while you're falling and then, like, do it, use it, do it again repeatedly. Uh, it's, I, so Aaron and I were talking about, like, what were the best, because it's kind of this, like, this retro shooter, like, sort of kind of, like, coming back. It's, like, a bunch of them coming out um, right now. They have What's that word people kinda, use to describe them? I don't know. But uh, I like, I like retro shooter. I think it's a good, uh. Good, accurate I think terminology. Boomer shooter, right? Isn't that like the term? Yeah, he does, yeah, he like does, he does not like that. Sorry. I feel like it's an inaccurate uh, phrasing, so I use the word retro shooter. Because, oh, it sounds uh, like someone who's a boomer. I also don't feel, cause okay, I don't feel like boomers. boomers play it, and it's not made by boomers. So no, I'm like, your I guns understand. go boom. Yeah. Wait, are you saying Anyways. it's not a shooter that likes 
Bob Dylan specifically. Uh, yeah, uh, it just, Highway 61 it just it feels like a it uh, feels like it's like a weird generational like fighting meme thing. So I like don't I try to like avoid it. I feel like it's a lot of weird baggage. Uh, so this I is, just yeah, don't. This is a no meme zone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. No no hate there, but it's just not not my preferred uh, nomenclature. Um, so I uh, I beat the game. I think. It's definitely is probably up there with Dusk in terms of like the best ones I play. I know it's that sounds ridiculous because it's postal what? and like it's up it's, there with it's Dusk. To, yeah, I think it's best of Dusk, the booms. I, it is. Daddy go boom I, boom. I, it's it's a like I feel like it's a bummer that they that they made this game on the postal franchise because postal is yeah. just you know Lame. it, it kind of like I'll be honest like by the time I beat the game like it grew on me a little bit. But like I, I'm not like a postal lover by any stretch. The jokes were pretty, like, like there was like two quotes I remember that I thought were funny. One of them was he was like, "Is it pronounced jib or gib?" I'm like, "Okay, that's okay." And then uh, the other one was when you kill these older guys, like these like these old guys with shotguns, they have like red hats, and you kill them, they go, "No country for me." I thought that was kind of funny too. But that that's about the extent of of the humor that I I enjoyed in that game. You can turn off the postal guy quotes as well, so. <sighs> Okay. Uh, if you can't stand them, you can turn them off. Um, you can turn off almost all of his jabbering in the game. Um, I think if you can tolerate the general toilet humor, uh, very, very, very mechanically well-made game. I think like these guys really understand the genre really well, like very well. Like hmm. everything from like the way the weapons fire, the way they animate, the way they sound, the way you, the way it sounds when you pull the gun out. Like it's the thing, a thing that you wouldn't even think about. Like, oh, should a gun? I remember when I was doing Unreal stuff. We're like, when you punch the air, does it make a sound? Like, no, it doesn't. But in a video game, it should because you're doing a thing. You just gotta to feel it. A, he's a feedback. So like the weapon pullout sounds are all good. Like the shooting sounds, everything is all well made. It has this like really weird, uh, like dreamlike graphics. Like it's supposed to be like he's having a brain. Like it's the game doesn't take place in any sort of reality. It's all kind of nonsense. But okay. it has this kind of like the way the graphics look. Like sometimes the cityscapes remind me of like Rock was Modern Life or something. Like this kind of like cartoony, like not proportional look to it. Like everything's like kind of like slightly like askew. Hmm. Uh, and it's consistent. 90s they, did a, they did a pretty good job with that. I'll be honest. Um, I think I remember I compared Running with Scissors to like Trauma, and I think that's true. <laughs> to be honest, like the two of them are pretty. It holds. Okay. pretty trashy but i think this game they toned that trashy level down a bit it doesn't quite feel it's definitely crude but i think it's closer to probably like conquer's bad fur day than oh nice than trauma which hmm. is much 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 worse and <laughs> much further so it's like different, different if you yeah i'm gonna say worse i mean like in terms of trying to be offensive not sure. necessarily right. quality but um I, I the game you know like there's a coronavirus boss a lot of the, the references are kind of like dated already like uh, mm. one of the bosses is, is, is one of the enemies is like common enemies you fight is a cyber truck like it's like a truck that like transforms or shooting lasers at you but it's like clearly a cyber truck and it's like you know it's a little that was like three years ago guys like it feels like um when you play duke nukem net or duke nukem 3d now and then you like go into the bar and he looks at like the tv and it's like oj simpson's like driving away like in his you know for his <laughs> truck and it's like this is going to be so dated in like five years. Like this can like, this happens to make these these references. Like Shrek, you know, you watch Shrek and they're playing like somebody wants. To, it's like this is so old. Now. That's timeless. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that one's timeless. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so like I just think like when you have these humor that make all these references to current events, it's just a mistake. But 
um, I don't know. I, I really think the game is good. The maps are incredible. Like they're mm-hmm. really well thought out. Um, it has key card hunting, all that fun stuff. Like Ooh, completely. That's what I was going to um, ask. Is this a straight linear game or it's a little more unfolding? No, it's got big open maps. Nice. Um, and I, so I beat the game on hard. I'm going to go back now and play it on postal difficulty. Like I'm going to play it again, probably because hmm. I really liked it. Um, I want to play it more aggressively and more intensely. You can kind of play it like a couple different ways, I think, but, but yeah, um, pretty pretty great honestly all right right. that sounds i think i like it more than doom eternal (laughs) (laughs) i had to keep the characterization consistent guys uh uh kevin's mic cut out i don't know what happened that's real strange but um i guess moving on uh who's been playing halo you've been playing halo that's me i've been playing halo Uh, so me me and a group of friends have been we've had like a a once a week play date sort of thing for a while now. And recently we moved on. Halo has been like our new, I've actually, I had been wanting to play through all the Halos co-op for a while, like years now. Cause I never actually did that. Like yeah, I played yeah. plenty of like, uh, you know, verses or whatever, like land parties and whatnot, but I never actually played through the campaigns co-op before. And I just, it's been a while since I played through the campaign. Some of them never before. Uh, so we've been doing that recently. This is really just my excuse. I want. I want. I have a potential hot take that I want Ooh. you all to to oh. judge. Go for it. Um, so we play. Okay, we played through Halo One, which is the game I had the most memory of, uh, and got through it. And I was like, that was pretty good. Still, you know, it holds up. It's you know dated in some ways, but still pretty fun video game. And we finished it on a night where we still had like about an hour left of what our usual play session would be. So we were like, all right, let's just fire up Halo 2. We'll, we'll play through the first little bit of that real quick. And we played the first level of Halo 2. It's pretty fun. Like, you know, you're getting, you can dual wield now. They're introducing you to the new guns. You're on like the big space station or whatever. Having a good time. And then we get to the next level. We get back on the planet and we get to the point where they give you a scorpion tank. And then you're just going down the highway, and you eventually you hijack some ghosts, and you're just running around, blowing stuff up with your friends on these cool sci-fi vehicles. And this is when I realized, like, we had the best time. Like, just, uh, we were floored by how much, like, oh my, video games, am I right? <laughs> like, video games can be fun. Mm-hmm. And so this is my, this is when I decided, I and I need to see how you all feel about this, Halo should have been a car combat game. Hmm. Whoa! Discuss. Mm. Kind of is. I mean, when I the but first like thought, there's a lot of levels where you don't get vehicles, and they're uh, never as good oh, well, as the levels where you that. get vehicles. Yeah. Do you I'm mean gonna... solely like without without the on foot combat, or just every level have have vehicles? Like you could you could do the the on foot combat if you didn't have a vehicle at the moment. But there's like that is only in you're only using that in a, as a means to get a vehicle again. Hmm. I will say my favorite memories of Halo are always the big maps. Like I did like um, the swamp level in the first game because it had kind of a horror vibe to it with the flood introduction. And I thought that was that was a scarier one. But I do think my like Assault and Control was my favorite Halo map. This for the snow level, right? Two yeah. betrayals. Yeah. Um, Halo 2 had the, was it Savo Highway? That's yeah, that's the one. Or the, the one. the highway one in 2 is three. like where, it's. I don't remember the level name of it, but yeah, there is there is the highway where you eventually get 
you're like going literally going through the highway with the ghosts and blowing up tanks and stuff I guess my thought is, I agree with you that the combat is like some of the best parts of that game in the cars, but I do like the on-foot combat as well. Yeah, it's I like all the right. pacing of, of going between it's the no, two of them. It's alright. I never did anything as cool as the, the half the shit I did in a ghost in that game. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, I just, man. I, think, I love putting my elbow I, I, I in just, someone's face. Yeah. I just don't like the long, monotonous levels. Mm. In, in I mean, that's a lot of them. <laughs> That's well, like, I'm, that's, I'm, honestly, that's most of them. I'm thinking specifically about the library, Cortana, yeah. and Halo 3. Yeah. There, are, See, there are a lot of levels in Halo 1 and 2. It's just like the ones where it's like alien corridor after alien corridor. I feel like, like that's almost all of Halo 2. Yeah, the li- that's so, the weird thing about replaying all these recently. The library is the one, obviously, that is notorious. It's like yeah, the water right. temple for Halo. But like... It's only in the way that like it's just easier to get turned around. It, it's so it so looks the same, but also it's not like a straight line. It's curved, so it's easier to get like accidentally start going backwards instead of forward. Mm. Right. But so like I just want to. Um, it's the, they're all like that. That uh, I think is in the spirit of this conversation. I was a huge fan of the Warthog as a kid growing up. Um, just the vehicles in Halo in general. To the point of where I have this. I don't know if you can see this here. I'm showing here, but, but uh, yeah, I, it's, uh, it's being censored by Discord. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, I uh, I definitely like feel you there on the vehicles. Like I'm I am uh, a huge a huge mug. My friends and I would have these these matches where we'd go on the map Sidewinder in Halo One, and we would only get warthogs and crash into each other. And tr- like the physics that would happen are just insane. And we like, all the it, viral videos. All of them involve vehicles. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. I think I'm onto something here. I think um, a big strength, and I remember Aaron had this conversation, you know, many times. Like, I don't really feel like there's been a lot of FPS games that that touch upon the sca- scope and s- scale that Halo does. Still, like I remember when I played Halo One, I felt like that was gonna be like the future of games was gonna be like these huge, massive battles with tanks and you know warthogs and ghosts and, and and all that fun stuff and i just it never it ended up going the opposite way we ended up going this kind of you know set piece spectacle corridors you know and it was like i don't know i i definitely agree with you on, on a lot of this so but i do like the yeah. on foot combat <laughs> yeah i like the combat but no, i do think yeah like there are a lot of especially in honestly halo infinite Halo Infinite has some brutal, brutal alien corridor after ho- alien corridor missions that they just should have cut. I went to go try and play it again, and I, I can't do it, man. I don't know what it is about that game. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be a hater. I haven't, yeah, I haven't gotten there. So I haven't played. We just finished ODST last night, which are playing them in release order. So Reach is next. And okay. I've, Reach is the last. I, I played Reach. I never played 4, 5, or Infinite, so... We'll see how I feel about those games when I get to them, I guess. But I'm looking forward to Reach. I remember liking Reach quite a bit, even though I only played it once. I liked it, too. I remember playing it and liking it. I felt like they've never, aside from maybe Halo 3, they never, in my opinion, captured the Halo CE, like the original Halos, like maps and scope again. Uh, except for Halo 3. But I guess, I guess Infinite was in the spirit of that, but... I, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm not going to make a Halo Infinite thing. I, I do think Drew is on to something, though, because it's like... I think the appeal of Halo 
is that you're like a foot soldier on these giant RTS battles, right? And that's kind of the appeal. So when you do the corridor-y stuff, it's like less... It just feels like it's not... It's not Halo, which is why the maps we remember are like Mission 2 of Halo. Like, yeah. you know, you're driving the Warthog around with your little squad. Like that That's when the game really comes alive. It's not when you're... You know, it's not like Doom. Doom is more you can get away with the corridory stuff, but not Halo. In yeah. My well, okay. Let me to finish it up. Let's. I'll just put this bow on it. Like, how many other big time FPSs even had vehicles in them? And like, how amazing it is it that the vehicles are like maybe the best part of Halo? Like, how like that would be so easy for them to just be god awful. And I mean, they. The Warthog it controls a little. It, it's a little finicky, but you you get used to it. Like I don't know that I'd say it controls good, but it's still fun at the very least. Like how that so easily could have been, went very bad. Right. Only Battlefield, really. Yeah, Battlefield. It's the only game yeah. that really. And most of those are bad. To... And, Battlefield. And, yeah. You know, I, I, I remember so. I had a friend. Well, okay, maybe um, not we, most of them, but recent history. I remember I th- I actually had a conversation with a friend about this sort of topic. I remember saying, like, oh, I think, like, Battlefield is just more fun than Counter-Strike. Like, we were talking about this. Like, this is years ago. Aaron loves Counter-Strike now, but this is this was, like, this isn't even... I went time with Aaron. But they were basically saying, like, um, oh, well, I don't like Battlefield because people are just getting vehicles and just vehicle spam. They're, they're basically saying, like, oh, the vehicles are ruining the fun for me of it being an FPS game. And I was like, oh, I guess I understand that. Like, that's... That's kind of true. It's, I, to me, I was like, well, there's an extension of your FPS skill in a, in a new medium, and it's it's just another element. That's what I was saying. I don't think there's really a right or wrong here, but I definitely think it kind of like speaks to the point of like, vehicles are fun. Vehicles are, can be really awesome, and Halo did uh, them really well. I agree. The, the Warhog, especially Halo One. Oh yeah, I think Halo without vehicles is is uh, a footnote, a tiny footnote in uh, yeah. early aughts gaming history, and nothing more. For sure. Yeah. All right. Well, Halo. We're in agreement. Mario Kart cross Halo win. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm into it. Uh, I would if, play if you that. can headshot Halo Mario, Kart. that would be great. <laughs> I dude, I want the the Microsoft racing game. That's not Forza. I love Forza, but I just want like the kart one. I want the like I want to drive through the Doom maps, I want to drive through the Wolfenstein maps, I want to drive through the Banjo-Kazooie maps. Yeah. I want to build Banjo's already like, had been in a kart racer before. Now I can be in a different one. Diddy, Diddy Kong, Kong yeah, the worst Diddy, fucking game Diddy, I owned on my Nintendo 64. That is yeah. one of the few games I usually, as a, especially as a child, I would beat every game I had just because, like, what else am I do? Too. That is one of the few games I don't think I ever beat. It was too Dude, hard. Goddamn yeah. coin level. No. You have to get all the coins and you have to get in first place. It's impossible. I don't even know that I came close, honestly, they, actually. The design doc for that game said, make a game that will make five-year-olds want to commit suicide and and release it and that's that's what that dude that's got to be true it's like you know what else is no one is, i never no kid i ever knew beat was the lion king game i never know anyone who <laughs> although the game. like the super star wars ones on snes <laughs> no i oh, yeah. could barely beat the first level of any of those yeah dude imagine if that was the movie if like luke like right as he got out of the c60 sky hopper he's getting attacked by like 30 things all at once and he's just constantly like just trying to just just step by step get these hearts and just make it through every level because Man, that game is a tr- is definitely a slog. <clears throat> yeah, that's what David Lynch's Star Wars was gonna be like. <sighs> I would have loved that. I wish he had re- if he had rejected or directed Return of the Jedi. Oh my god! But we got Dune, and it's amazing. Ugh. And then he realized <laughs> that commercial filmmaking isn't for him, and he made Blue Velvet, 
and then he became amazing again. Yeah. You know what his quote is about doing the asking about it? He's like, well, I didn't get final cut, so. I must have final <laughs> cut from now on. Yeah. That's what Dune, kinda, that's what I, Dune taught me. I kind of get it, you know? Mm. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Uh, all right, Oren, what's going on in, wait, oh. I, I was going to ask you about something. Okay, I guess, have we talked about all of our games? Kevin, do you, do you have to talk about Demon Souls. Oh yeah, what's going on with Demon Souls? So Demon Souls came to PC. Stop talking about fucking Demon Souls, Kevin. I'm just kidding, but but uh, also partially not kidding. <clears throat> well, I will never stop talking about Demon Souls because I want it to come to <laughs> PC. For God's sake, Sony, please release it. God damn it, I want it so bad. Anyways, Demon Souls, uh, I have it on RPCS3. I had to like. Google this because I forget the name of the simulator every goddamn day. It's like a string bunch of, of letters, letters and numbers. Yeah, but um, so I was playing it the other day. I was talking to Aaron about this on my computer, and um, in the current build of RPCS3, had to read that when I RPCS3. 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 RTD2. Anyways, it runs really well. Um, you do have to do some shader compilation. I think it requires a moderately powerful gaming PC. <clears throat> but I was able to get running at 60 FPS at, I believe, uh, 2560 by 1440. Looks amazing. The game still holds up very well. I'm impressed by, you know, FromSoft game from 2009. Looks And higher res just looks like, God, these textures look great. It looks so much like Dark Souls 1. Because, um, I you know, I played Dark Souls 1 on PC initially, and that's how I played it and in, in high res with DS fix. So it's just funny to see this other game, like the sister game that looks like, oh, like these games are so similar, the same sound effects. It's just like, wow, I, I forgot how DS won that game was. I knew it, like I knew it in my brain, but I just seeing it again, it was like, wow. So anyways, if you have a gaming PC, if you are into emulation, if you can get a legal copy of the ROM somewhere, um, try RPC. I'm not affiliated with this well, I don't podcast. want to endorse I say piracy. Yeah, I, I will. Pirate. Just, you know, just you uh, can go find to a, get a VPN, you're fine. Yeah, yeah get a if VPN. You own, if you, it's legal to download it if you own the disc. So True. It's yeah. legal. So, you know, if you have a disc, just run. I actually go. have a disc right behind me. I don't have a disc well, drive on my computer, but I have the disc. But uh, it's a very good way to play it. There's no online support currently. I think there is a private server that people were building, but Oof. I don't think I no want way. to do that. No for way. No way. Um, so, uh, yeah, check it out. It's a pretty cool way to play it while you're waiting for the inevitable PC release of Demon's Souls Remake, which will happen. Mark my words. I thought you were going to say something else. No, it's going to be like, don't say it. Don't it's try not gonna it. Ha- that, that, I think, will happen. <laughs> but Because, dude, that's guaranteed money. There's no way they're not going to do that. That's like, Stop we all want it. That. That's next year. Not, next year. That's next not, year. That's not, that's not for a while yet. Whatever. <laughs> uh, hmm. Cool. I I love that. Uh, I love that the PC makes this possible. That we can, pl- like that that Sony won't give us this this pure version of the of the of the original game with the original soundtrack and artwork. So that's awesome. A- I Aaron, dig it. who's paying you? Who's paying you, Aaron? To say uh, uh, what's his name? And from uh, as well. From also won't do it. Neither of them will do it. Yeah. Because they asked Miyazaki directly, "Will you remake Demon Souls?" And he said, "We like to make new things." So, I mean, he's right. Yeah, but he's also wrong. The Miyazaki we need, we has need, spoken. We need Bloodborne too. I don't care, dude. 
I need a soundboard that just has Kevin saying Miyazaki so I could just spam it like Howard Stern. Yeah. Oh my god. You know, I, whenever I uh, whenever I like open like I was playing Neo and like I open a door or even Dead Space recently, I like I'm like, oh wow, wait, this is a Miyazaki. <laughs> Basically, what that is is we we were doing um we were doing a dead uh, a Dark Souls three podcast and I oh somehow God. I think I'd eaten at this so this local restaurant called Zoccoli's an Italian sandwich place and I think my brain had fused Miyazaki and Zoccoli's together so I called anytime that you open up a shortcut in a FromSoft game a Miyazaki and I still say it now it's like it's like I, I created my own I don't know what the word is thing by accident and it was yeah, it was an outtake so I think Aaron has a recording of it somewhere it's official yeah it's, official. it's real no it's official that, that was that was like six years ago I had hair back that then. Was a long that, time. That, that was that was a different time. Um, uh, okay, guys, here, here, here's a question. And Drew, I'm I'm gonna start with you. Do you remember the first video game that you put like like a lot of time into, like like maybe like a hundred hours, maybe two hundred hours? I don't I don't remember which one it was. I can so like there's two series that I have spent a series of video games that I have easily spent the most time putting into. And they are all the incarnations of NCAA football over Whoa, the years. Oh, not what I was expecting. <laughs> and the various rock band and guitar hero games. Okay. Yeah. Like if I add up I the amount it. of times I've spent playing a plastic guitar, I'm not joking. This is not hyperbole. It's it is probably over ten thousand hours. Drew imagine if you had been playing a real guitar. I also play real guitar, okay, okay. <laughs> but not there's that much, to, but not as much as I played a plastic guitar. Because you know what, the plastic guitar is more fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the first one, like I don't remember, like I would literally like it was ritualistic for me. Like, I'm, I'm get. Are, is anyone here uh, at all a sports fan at all? Uh, I like bowling. The White Sox. I know of sports. I know that they are pissed. I'm going to go to a Dodgers game in a few weeks. So, like, I... I, Whenever the new NCAA football came out, it was, like, ritualistic for me as a kid because it would usually come out, like, a month... It would come out in July. Madden usually came out in August. And NCAA football would usually come out, like, a month uh, earlier. And I would always get it the first day it came out. And literally the first thing I would do is I would go online to the University of Oklahoma's football website and print, literally print off with my printer, because this is like 2003, and print off the entire roster. And because, so like, in the NCAA football games, they did not have the players' names on them. Which, if, if you don't know the lore on this, this is actually somewhat interesting. The reason they don't make NCAA football games anymore, like EA, like usually they would just, it would basically be like the year before's Madden. Like they would just kind of recycle that. Because they're pumping these out every year. The same thing people have comp- complaints about. Madden of it's not iterative enough because they're they're having to make a video game in a year. Like, what do you want them to do, right? Um, but they would not have the player names in the game. But you could enter them in yourself. And the reason they didn't is because that violated, like, the NCAA rules and bylaws. Because if you are putting actually putting the, per- the player, like, they are collegiate athletes, especially at the time. Like, now it's a... a there's a big changing, like, in the, they're in the middle of a big change with college athletics of, like, name, image, and likeness and being able to actually, like... Like, before, there were players that were suspended because they got paid to sign their autograph on something because that is technically against the NCAA bylaws because they are collegiate athletes. They are not professionals. They are not supposed to be able to profit off of any of that. 
which is a whole changing thing that's going on right now. But so for that reason, they could not have the actual names of all the players in there because that for similarly, they are selling a product with the player's likeness in them and that's not allowed, which is why eventually they couldn't because even though like the name is not technically in the game, if you have quarterback number 14, who is the exact height, weight, wears the exact face mask that, you know, Sam Bradford does, you know, in 2009, and, like, you even... I think they literally even had their hometowns in there. Like, if you have everything that is actually about that person, but it's just not their name, that is still clearly that person. Uh, and so, eventually, I, I think 2014 is the last year that they made an NCAA football game. Hmm. Uh, which, but now that they're... The, like, laws are changing about that they're actually going to eventually make one supposedly again. But anyway, that's a long tangent that is at least hopefully interesting, but... That is, I would literally, long story short, I would go in, I would literally enter in the entire roster for OU's football team, uh, and I would literally just play, I would load up uh, Dynasty mode, which is basically like you play like a season of, you pick a team and you play a season of, and I would literally play it for like 10 in-game years or more. Like I just like, I basically played it from July until like January when football season was over and just like <laughs> kept playing it. Dude, Every being year. in college for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> uh no that's that's awesome that's that's a great story so you like would go and just like enter all of this information with a controller yes oh, with a gamecube nice. controller oh. and, and like then the dumbest thing is like it's like so like on a football team uh, i don't remember if they they probably didn't have literally everyone but there, there's on a college football team there's 85 players if you and they obviously play for four years because it's college, they have four years of eligibility. I'm entering in like the third string left guard on like OU's offensive line. That motherfucker ain't ever playing a game, a snap in my games, and I'm still entering in his name for some reason. <laughs> but it just like it was like literally ritualistic for me. Of, like I have to like go enter in all the names so I have the entire team right. Mm. Wow. That is super awesome. I know somebody. Uh... There's like a college friend who he didn't get into that level of minutia, but he what he would do is with FIFA, he would kind of build all of the teams in a way that they're relevant and like play them off each other and kind of like do his own fake seasons in FIFA. And he yeah. was so into it. He would like he must like I think he told me once that like per year he would have like five or seven hundred hours or something into into those games. Like that's just all he, he loved to do. I mean, the thing you should learn from this is regardless of, like, what in the 80s or whatever, 90s was designated, like, a quote-unquote nerd or a jock, like, people are obsessive about everything. Like, you yeah. can literally go find forum, like, pages and pages long forum threads about whether or not NCAA football is going to put in the up-to-date face masks from Madden, because, like, it, which sounds really stupid. Like, the face mask is literally the part of the helmet that is just, like, the gr the grill part basically right. for anyone that doesn't follow football, and that sounds like 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 whatever. Who cares if they have like all the up to date face masks? But if you think about it, that for that player, especially what you see in game and whatnot, because you're not like looking up close at their face, like that is that player's face. It's like not being able to fully get the player's face right. And there is like up to the, at the very end, there was like the basically the most prevalent used face mask, especially for quarterbacks, just wasn't in the game. And, like, there's oh, wow. just, like, 
pages and pages of forum threads like, oh yeah, they're totally going to have it this year. This is an atrocity that they have not updated the game to have this face mask in it. How could the EA Kit Tiburon, why are you doing this to us? Because mm. they don't care. <laughs> they, don't, they, don't, well, they don't care. They don't have time. They're, yeah. They are, yeah. I'm sure, heavily, heavily overworked to try and just put this thing out it's in a working game, condition though. with like two mm. extra things they add, could add in and be like, nine months they had to push this game out it's hmm. amazing that's amazing uh oren do you remember your first game that you spent copious amounts of time with um it was bloodborne bloodborne I, I mean okay that's not true goldeneye okay that that makes more sense uh G- goldeneye i just uh but how many i don't know if i want to talk about goldeneye because it's like I was like eight years old. You want to talk about Bloodborne? Yeah, let's talk about Souls game. We know no one talks about here. Souls games on this podcast. <laughs> I, I will say, gosh, I will say in recent memory, Sea yeah. of Thieves. Can I talk oh, about yeah, Sea yeah. of Thieves? Yeah, yeah, talk about it. Get, get uh, it I just, uh, you know what? I think the reason why I put so much time into Sea of Thieves is because just being in an object like a ship in space that's moving with a crew. And you can kind of like walk around the ship while you're doing adventures to me is so immersive. And I don't mm-hmm. think enough video games do that. I think the first game to do that, that was memorable to me was star Wars battlefront two, where like you would have these giant ship battles and you can actually walk around the ship and then fly to the next ship. Mm. And I just thought, I thought that was so immersive at the time. And I feel like video games haven't fulfilled that promise as much as they could. And it's a very subtle thing, but just like the feeling of just being in a giant brig and you're just walking below deck, getting drunk or doing whatever. And yeah. That's kind of why I, I love playing that game so much is I just love the feeling, hmm. that feeling, you know, of being with like being in this little this little crew in the middle of nowhere doing adventures. Uh, I would love to see like a spaceship version of that. Uh, I know. Yeah. Like Starfield. Uh, no, Starfield. What? Sorry, I keep No coming. Man's Sky or whatever. No, what's the, the space game that's Star never Citizen? ever coming out? Star Citizen, yeah. Star Citizen. In I 20 years. Star Citizen, but it was a very small ship. My yeah. friend was flying it, and I was very laggy in the back seat of it, but I was walking. Mm-hmm. Nice, Didn't nice. happen. I mean, imagine Sea of Thieves, like that level, that kind of gameplay, but in the space setting. Like, wouldn't that yeah. be so cool? Like, I you, love have you, you have your little faster than light. FTL ship, and you have to put you have to put out anomalies and stuff, and you're trying to do quests, and you're just trying to survive. I would totally imagine if it was like FTL, like you're basically Star Trek the ship, like one person's got to run back to engineering. Oh my god, guys, let's make this game. Somebody (laughs) teleports onto the ship, like mimics or whatever. Yeah, that would be so much fun, like a sea of thieves in space. But yeah, anyway, that that's a dollar idea, man. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it's just, I want more games like that. I actually don't think, like, here's the thing. I love, like, my Red Dead Redemption 2s and my Witcher 3s, but those aren't as immersive to me as Sea of Thieves because it's just, I just love, I think that game with its simplicity and the fact that there's not a lot, it's not very systems heavy, and you're just, like, in this little unit floating in space, like that captures the feeling of being a pirate more than these epic storylines with like these giant open worlds. Um, 
Like, I mean, I, I love those. But the reason why I didn't put 100 hours into The Witcher 3, but I did put 100 hours plus into Sea of Thieves is because I think just like focusing on those bare essentials of immersion as, as opposed to trying to do these grandiose storylines ended up capturing my imagination more. Yeah, yeah. Like player stories trump, you know, authored stories often in my experience, or they're at least more immersive. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. Totally. Or, or even just the feeling of just... Yeah, being in a ship and just moving around mm-hmm. doing whatever the fuck you want. It's a player story, but even yeah. on that micro level. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Kevin, what was the first game that you really you really just went crazy for? Uh, Elden Ring. Um, kidding. Wow. <laughs> Ban him from the podcast. Sorry, I couldn't resist. It was just too tempting. So the first game that I remember playing 100 hours um, was Final Fantasy VIII. Final Fantasy VIII? It's because yeah, you were just mashing the square button. Well, maybe, but that game had a <laughs> square button. Is that pun intended? So that game had a, um, a an in-game cl- clock. Mm. So I actually hit 99.99 hours. Oh, you exhausted the, the clock? In-game. Yeah, I exhausted the clock in that game. So I know I put it for at least, uh, at least, at least 100 hours. Um, I got every Guardian Force in the game. If I had all the achievements, if that was an achievement game, if that was a thing back then, I probably would have had the Platinum achievement because I did basically everything in that game. But um, I guess to like what to your question, like what is it about these scams? Like my most played game on Steam is Terraria, mm. um, which is a, which is actually a rare instance of a single player game that I've played this much of, which is 580 hours. That's mm-hmm. not common that I play a single player game this much. Not that I don't like them, but usually. The games I play the most are games that I play with friends because the game is kind of a social outlet. It's almost like a hangout, like World of Warcraft is for us, right? Like, I probably play World of Warcraft. I've done my, I did my calculations and it was somewhere around 120 days or something like that. 100 days. A lot of, a lot of, you start wow counting time. alts all of a sudden. You're like, wait a minute, have I spent no, this a was, year in Azeroth? This was all my, this was all my alts. This was everything. Okay, okay. I actually went through, logged into every single character on all on classic and retail. Oh God! And did it, did this, yeah. So it was around 120 days, but uh, that's probably my most played game if I had to guess of anything in my life. If, if I had to, to to guess, but it's a it's a social game. It's a multiplayer game. It's not just about the mechanics of the game. It's a game that you can play with your friends. You can hang out. So like, right. those are my favorite kind of games to play. The the most bulk of are the games I can play with my with my friends and that aren't um, fast paced like. Counter-Strike or Unreal or something like that I couldn't play for hours because it would make me too tired you know it's mm-hmm. too demanding hmm. so hmm. so yeah. that the, another, the other thing I said that I played a bunch of was like you know plastic guitar games is there like also a part of like I think there's a part of these games where like they're a, a good a good candidate for one of these games is like where like like when I play any of those games like a this is not I not trying to be a humble brag, but I've I played a lot of them. I'm pretty good at it at this point. Like I'm not even really my, mentally. I'm not playing the game anymore. Like it's like it's a like chill out de stress game of like I am doing something with my my fingers and somewhere in the like lizard part of my brain I'm I'm looking at the things on screen and hitting the buttons when I'm supposed to. But like I'm also thinking about how my day was or what I need to do tomorrow and whatnot and everything. Right. So like. I think anything that can fill in that like wind down part of your day is a good candidate for a I've dumped way too many hours into this game. I agree. Mm. James Portnow from uh, Extra Credits calls that abnegation. 
which mm. is a kind of like calm, like not mechanically brutal. Although Guitar Hero actually is mechanically pretty intense game. Yeah. Um, but it is a very iterative game. So if you've practiced and you've iterated on that, you actually right. can kind of just. It's literally just pat- pattern recognition and like yeah. your fingers knowing like the mm. different shapes of like the chords you need to make and the, like the finger movements to go with the yeah. patterns you recognize. So. If yeah, it it is very easy. If if you've played it enough, it's easy, very easy to just be like, shut your brain off and like, oh wait, I play. It's like the you all of a sudden you're driving and all, oh wait, I'm home. How did that? How did this happen? You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. No, that's awesome. Hmm. Uh, if I had to say the first game that I hit 100 hours in is almost certainly going to be Doom. Uh, but we have. Yeah. spent so much time on that. The, the, if There's another game that, that I think is, is as prominent early in my life that I spent such an enormous amount of time in. And some of that time, was I was charged two quarters per round. It, it was Tekken 3 and Tekken Tag Tournament mm. because I am mm-hmm. just old enough to have experienced the arcade when they were still a little bit... They were, you know, they were in their decline, but they were like still a thing. And like I used to go to the arcade and play Tekken Tag for, again, 50 cents per 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 loss anyway if i if i was on a winning streak i could play for you know an hour but like and there was a bunch of people that would gather and play there and it was like a big thing and then i would go home and just spend hours like in the practice ring like memorizing combos and and doing shit and like working on like my uh, counters uh such an insane amount of time i spent on that game uh why, why doesn't sony release that that's funny because that is like the most mechanically intense game i can think of like tekken is just like so like goddamn playing that for hours it's interesting because if you look at my steam played list it's it's my most played games are counter-strike PUBG, and battlefield bad company (laughs) 2 but like those three games i have more played time in those three games than every other game combined i think and i have like 700 steam games hmm Mine is Terraria, GTA 5, Dark Souls 3, Gary's Mod, Elden Ring, Dark Souls, Tekken 7, Gears 5, Dark Souls 2, Battlefield, yeah. Yeah. And mix, I guess. But Uh, I can't play a lot of uh, versus games, I guess. They they make me tired. Clearly, that's that's like your main jam. Yeah, I think it's like an ADHD thing. It's like I have to focus so much or you fail. Like if you're not like 100%, you fail. So it's like... It's the only time I can achieve like perfect focus, I guess, is when I'm playing a fighting game, or, or maybe like for Drew, it's like you know playing. Do you feel that way about Guitar Hero? That it's like you're like it sounds like you you're just like I'm not even focusing on this. Yeah, no, because like I'm never I've never been a like, I mean, there's songs I can pretty easily get like a full combo on like 100, percent but like I've never been okay. a like I gotta I gotta get 100 percent on all these songs and I'm gonna keep playing them over. Like I literally just like I I play it like a playlist of like I'm feeling like playing this song right now. Like mm-hmm. it's you know, like. You know, I'm, I'm yeah, I am definitely playing it for the the vibe, chill out, relax, uh, method of it. Very cool. All right. I just, well, I just think it's like weird for me that the games that I feel like I should have hundreds of hours in are not the games that I have hundreds of hours in. Like you'd think, like The Witcher Three or Red Dead Redemption Two would be the games that I'm like, oh, these are my forever games, but. I think with those types of games, I always reach a point where I'm like, okay, I've kind of seen everything and done everything, and the game is kind of ceasing to surprise me. Mm. You know? While, on the other hand, games that I have put hundreds of hours into, like the Hitman trilogy, like Sea of Thieves, uh, 
like those games just have like this um, um, emergent gameplay that is very simple and repetitive that but has depth that has depth right it's like they just nail the gameplay loop in a way that is always surprising and fun well, it's like cohesive also in a way that like The Witcher 3 has like main story missions. And even though you can spend a boatload of hours doing all or like Skyrim is like a, a better example because it like has like the system or whatever will keep feeding you side quests. But they're like to ver- like diminishing returns because they're less and less just like they're not very interesting. So mm-hmm. you just literally just be like doing them to do it and they have none of the same impact of like the main story quests versus something like, you know, what are, all the examples you're saying are like a uh, Minecraft is like always just you're playing Minecraft. It's always just Minecraft, and it's cohesive in that way. So like it's 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 the narrative high and lows are if there are any, it's what you're making of it, and you can't ever really run out of them. It's weird too, because like with Red Dead Redemption Two, I feel like I see the puppet strings faster mm. than with like a Sea of Thieves, which is interesting because like i feel like with red dead redemption 2 like after you play so many side quests in that game you kind of see a formula like oh yeah uh, like arthur morgan meets eccentric character eccentric character needs something you need to do that thing for eccentric character oh it doesn't go as planned shoot shoot out quest ends and it's like that's every quest and it's like yeah yeah, after you after and the witcher 3 it does that too maybe a little bit better but it's still like the same and yeah. I so think, at a certain point you can't like how like you just don't have the man hours to you know not do that well it starts to feel exhausting you know it's like mm-hmm. oh here's another similar side quest while like sea of thieves like not a lot of stimulation the graphics are very simple like they're not complex graphics so they're easy on my eyes but those waves go, those waves are amazing. I'm going to go find a treasure. Maybe I'll fight a Kraken. It's actually very low stimulation. Like, I don't have to focus. And I think those are the ones that really, like, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll play a session. Hmm. Um, Watch out for World of Warcraft, Oren. Um. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's my point. I just think it's funny that, you know, when I reflect on this question, like, the big games are the ones that I burn out on while like the ones that have like a really repetitive loop but is very satisfying are the ones that I put hundreds of hours into mm-hmm. alright good shit guys uh, it is getting late and Oren does give me a spanking if we go over two hours which I, I think we are we guaranteed well to do past that at this point uh, so quickly my friends if we could go over our, our wrecks and uh, and then say goodbye and tell Madden we love him uh, Drew I, I see you've got some some interesting wrecks this week tell us about them okay oh boy fast all right uh, so like last time I was on I said I at first I thought I was like I'm the anime person I have to recommend anime but then I remembered I, I'm also at one point in my life was a YouTuber and need to recommend YouTube people but now that I'm back, I'm free. I'm I've the chains are off. I can recommend anime. Um, so, I okay. Some quick ground rules I gave for myself because like, Oren especially maybe you can relate to this. Of like, if you ever had like someone who's like, you're you're a film person, recommend me a movie. What movie should I watch? And you're like, I can't. Like, can you give me a genre or something? Like, there's I've seen a yeah, lot of movies. Like, I need I need something. So. My two things were, these are all free. You can literally watch them for free. Uh, 
And one, the first one is just generally like my one movie that I, I recommend to anyone because it's just great. And then I tried to pick one. This is not, I'm not holding all of you to this, but I tried to pick one, one recommendation based on how each three of you, based on, I, I don't know you, I wouldn't say I know you all super well, but of the things I know of you that you like that I could recommend to you. Just to give me, listen, just nice. just wow. to give me something to work with. Personally here, tailored to, recommendations. Oh, this, yeah. is, this is above and beyond. <laughs> so the first one is called Memories. Uh, it, this is the general, just like, it's a great movie. Uh, it's, a, it's an anthology movie, so it has three short films on it. Uh, it's generally, the first one, the first short film is pro- generally probably considered the best one. It is, so all three of these our shorts are based on manga shorts from Katsuhiro Otomo, which if you don't know him by name, you definitely know the thing he's most famous for, which is creating Akira. Um, the first one is, so they're all adapted from that, but the first one is also written by Satoshi Kon, who did the oh, nice. adapted screenplay, uh, and directed by Koji Morimoto, I think, who basically is known for being in basically every big time anime anthology basically ever made. He, had, he did multiple segments in the Animatrix, if that helps. Um, but that is basically, the first segment is, uh, to put it simply, is like a haunted house movie in space. And it's very good, although I actually think my favorite is the third one, which is also directed by Otomo. And has like, this isn't actually a spoiler, but if you're like a film person, there's like a film technique that is in this that like, after the first minute, the first time I watch it, I was like, wait, are they doing this? Oh damn, they're doing this, and it's from a technical perspective, it's one of the most impressive short films I've ever seen. Hmm. And the middle segment is also very good as well. So that's Memories. Uh, it's on Tubi, I think, with ads. I will also say real quick for all of these, they're all going to be free to some form, but also I would hide like I would recommend, I know no one's going to actually do it, but they all look better if you buy them on Blu-ray or whatever, because all the streaming versions are going to not look very good by yeah. comparison. And Macro the, yeah, the three that have um, full-on Blu-ray high-def releases, all four of them are like, you know, actually all three of them that have Blu-ray releases are also by Discotech, which is my by far my favorite anime publishing licensing company. They're fantastic. Uh, Discotech, give me money. Sponsor me. Uh, okay, so that was that's the general one. The next one for uh, Aaron, I know that you like when things look really good. You like all the K's, as many K's as you can put on there. So this is also one that, like, it's kind of a hard recommendation because what you should really do is you should buy the 4K Blu-ray because... Okay. Uh, <laughs> which is good, would be a blind buy for you, but I will put it this way. The movie I'm recommending is called Space Adventure Cobra the Movie, and it is literally the best-looking anime movie I have seen in my entire life. Okay. And, and it has specifically has HDR that makes it like there is a special feature on the disc that shows you the difference between HDR on and off, and it is night and day. Hmm. Uh, nice. Literally, when so I blind bought this because I had I didn't I had never watched an anime in 4K, and this is at the time one of like literally only five anime movies released in America that are on UHD. So I was like, you know what, I'm gonna buy this and see what this looks like. 
And I got it. We, me and my roommate had, we had some friends over and we're watching one movie. We finished that. And in the middle of watching that movie, the delivery came and I just got it. And so it's just like 1030 at night. Everyone else had gone home. And I was just like, I'm going to pop this in and just see what it looks like. I want to see what a 4K anime looks like. I'm only going to watch like 10 minutes or whatever just to see. I'll watch the rest of it sometime. We put it on. The opening credits came on and we watched the literally the entirety of the rest of the movie. <laughs> just, it was, it looked that good hmm. uh and it's like the visuals are very like psychedelic 70s space uh like if you want for anyone if you want to just go into youtube and type in uh space adventure cobra opening credits they should be i think probably on like retro crushes channel and you will see what i mean and it's even in not hdr it looks good but if you imagine with the color pop on it it's amazing awesome okay so next up uh Oren, I know you like some David Cronenberg. I know you like some body horror. Yes, I so do. what I would suggest for you is an OVA, a short series called Genocyber, which has by far the best body horror of any anime I've ever seen. Uh, and also, okay, so this is funny. I didn't, I, partially why I said you should watch that uh, Biohazard 4D movie is because it's also directed by the same director of Geno Cyber, which is the reason I watched it in the first place. Yeah. Um, but if you, I think if you type Geno Cyber into YouTube, there's like a short, like one, like 90 second clip or whatever that has like this transformation of these two cyborgs that is the most Geiger Cronenberg metal thing I've ever seen. <laughs> And also, uh, okay, also Space Adventure Cobra is for free on Amazon if you want to watch that. But again, it's not going to be the 4K version. It's not going to look as good. But if you just want to watch it, it's still pretty good. Geno Cyber is completely on YouTube because 90s anime, a lot of them are in licensing hell and no one's around to take it down off of YouTube. Hmm. So if you want, it's not going to be as good because I'm pretty sure it's like 480p and compressed to hell on YouTube. But if you wanted to, you could watch it. This looks quite All right. good. This looks yeah, really this looks good. very good. Like it's Geno amazing. Cyber. Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch Geno Cyber. And then finally, yeah, cool. the last one is uh, Kevin. So this is, I I know you like you some Dark Souls. I technically I don't know how do you feel about Hollow Knight. Do you also like Hollow Knight? Um, I actually don't like Hollow Knight. <laughs> okay, well, first you could Sorry. read or watch Berserk then, but that wasn't actually I, I, my recommendation I, I because Berserk is okay. fucking long as hell. Yeah. But for anyone that does like Hollow Knight, uh, there is a 70-minute OVA by the director of Ghost in the Shell called Angel's Egg, which is literally like uh, confirmed in interviews by the creators of Hollow Knight is a direct visual influence on Hollow Knight's art style. Uh, and cool. also is for free and is actually in some pretty decent quality on YouTube. Like, it actually looks very good. Uh, and is one of the first, like, actual full-on OVAs. Uh, mm. And is very good. Doesn't Kevin, have you seen Berserk? Um, I saw. Um, I've only seen with Aaron actually. Yeah. I believe it's the something saga, the eggs saga, or we watched the, the Golden like the, Age. The Golden, the Golden Age. There's Age. there's three the movies that are the Golden Age trilogy. We watched yeah. that. Um, it's all right. It's very much has a compilation movie problem of like it's all the highlights, but you get none of the like. Contextual connective tissue that actually None of the makes guts. Them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm actually reading Berserk finally right now, like right now, and it's like, it is amazing how much Dark Souls is. 
very yeah. very clearly <laughs> influenced by berserk yeah. like, like far a, more than just the big sword like a lot of the enemy designs are very pulled from like oh, yeah. various monsters in berserk i was For watching sure. like an episode of berserk and siegfried basically showed up like the same armor i was like what the hell yeah yeah <laughs> or Siegmeier, whatever his name is mm. Oh yeah, the Bazuzu, the first Bazuzu. He's like the, the first, first episode, big right? guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? It's Sigmire. <laughs> yeah, no, there, there. It's littered. It's one to one in some cases. <laughs> nice. Well, I got Geno Cyber written down. I'm down for yeah. some messed up hot body. Nice, horror. Uh, nice recommendation. I appreciate the effort you put into that. Yeah. No, we yeah. appreciate yeah. that. Very nice. I'm gonna try to watch all this. Uh, that's very awesome. Oren, give me what you got, but give it to me in brief, my man. Well, a uh, friend of the show, Zach Frazier, released a very good Resident Evil Village video that I believe Drew was actually a consultant on. Oh. So, oh nice. I gave him, like, one. I said, hey, maybe try this, and he did that. So let's not, don't <laughs> oversell my uh, my influence on it. Yeah. You, you executive produced it. Good, good work, good work. <laughs> yeah, it was... It was a very nice video. Uh, very, very. Uh, he told me he was going to do an opening because he always does openings, and the opening for this one was particularly like, "What the hell was that?" But also, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I recommend. Don't be eating dinner while you while you yeah. watch it. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, it was very good. I think uh, I I love Resident Evil Village, but I think he brought up some amazing constructive criticisms or you know criticisms of the combat specifically with regards to the uh, enemy variety and how it works together um in resident evil 4 versus village so it was a very good compare and contrast video and uh the set the second recommendation i have is just uh um hbo max i, I did this last year too hbo max has an amazing selection of older films um and I just recommend anyone not just watch the latest big TV show, but it like, I mean, you know, I love Barry. Barry's a great show. I'm sure Succession's great, but like, there's also this amazing catalog of 60s, 50s movies. Uh, I watched a bunch of Jean-Luc Godard films uh, past this past weekend. So it was nice getting back in touch with that. And I just recommend people to, you know, not just watch stuff made after 1980. Like, there's actually some surprising films made before that. Um, the one thing I'll say about Jean-Luc Godard, I watched uh, La Chinoise and two or three things I know about her. And uh, what I love about them is that they are just so clear about what their politics are, like, in a way that I feel like a lot of modern cinema just doesn't do. Like, Jean-Luc Godard is like, I'm a Marxist. I'm making anti-bourgeois, anti-capitalist art. Like, and you're just going to deal with it. And I feel like a lot of films, like, for example, Drew, when you were last on the podcast, we talked about the last Batman movie. It's like whenever a movie like that is about to say something or, like, you know, kind of make a point about something that's clear, it just kind of steps away instead of going all in. So you'd be surprised just how amazing some of these early auteur independent films are and how clear they are in their politics their philosophy etc cool. it's amazing what you can do when you'll have a giant studio uh, oh yeah approving what you put in your film yeah our, the, the world we live in has become too studio driven and mm. <laughs> like you know that 
that's what I love about specifically 60s cinema. 60s cinema has a lot of, and like European cinema, yeah. has, a, has a lot of great stuff that has very clear philosophy behind it and auteur philosophy, politics, etc. And a lot of it's on HBO Max. So subscribe hmm. to HBO Max. Also, the Criterion Collection. Also, the Criterion Collection. Uh, Kevin, quickly, what, what, what shall you wreck for us? <clears throat> um, I don't have anything nearly as uh, you know interesting as you guys is because you know I don't watch so many movies. But um, I did finally. I've been kind of going through the '80s horror classics, and I did finally watch Nightmare on Elm Street, which I have never seen. You know, I've seen Freddy Krueger on my entire life on things, and I finally got to watch the movie, and actually, it was pretty good. I liked it. Uh, I for some reason I expected it to be bad. I don't know why I thought it was gonna be bad, but I definitely feel like when I watched it, I was like, oh, I've seen this done. This has been ripped off so many times. Oh, okay. This is where this came from. It was like, I see this. The, the, a lot of the stuff I feel like this. The scenes, uh, like the character walking and like the blood appears. This, just like the way that they kind of frame stuff. I was like, oh, I've seen this in games. Like they've they, this has been aped a lot. So that was almost the most interesting thing about watching the movie. Um, I felt like in the beginning when they talk about like they build up this 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 the girl's talking about she had this weird dream of this guy attacked her and then um they're like oh i had that dream too and like that was like the creepiest part of the movie and then once they kind of go into the more chasing stuff it's not really so creepy but it was kind of fun schlock at the same time like there's a scene in the movie where a character gets pulled through a window and it's like clearly a dummy like very clearly a dummy and it's pretty good it's like it's the good kind of like cheesy bad like i, I definitely really liked it hmm. um so i enjoyed the movie quite a bit uh it was it was enjoyable and uh fun uh, i probably will watch something else next time um, and I'm also going to look more into slasher films because it's kind of a genre that I don't usually like go for, even though I like horror. And I think a lot of people always, when they think of horror, they only think that slasher is like the only genre. And it's obviously it's much wider than that. But I do think it's a pretty interesting genre that I haven't checked out as much. So more on that later. Cool. Did, did you know cool. that uh, sexual desire is the real killer in those movies? Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. It, it was so <laughs> like... Bull. <laughs> it's so 80s in that regard that hmm. movie you know that common thing of 80s movies is like the parents are like worthless like they can't they like they, the kids have this adventure and the parents are like they can't help you like they 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 can't be of assistance like you like the goonies is like that and like a lot of it's a common change even like standard things did that like with their modern or it it's kind of the same deal isn't it yeah uh, yeah it's yeah. like yeah like halloween and stuff like halloween. that and like it's the, a lot of it is just like a character's like, I want to have sex or something. Or like, you know, there's something mm. about that. And, you know, a, a lot of the horror is just kind of a metaphor for for that. And fear of that. Fear mm. And the fear yeah. of that. I remember uh, reading yeah. that when they were making the first Alien movie, the screenwriter, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, he was like, attack him with sex. Attack Dan him with O'Banion. sex. Yeah. Dan O'Banion, that yeah. Was, that's what he said. He like, he'd like, attack him mm. with sexual imagery because that's what's going to make people uncomfortable. Mm. It's true. He's right. And he yeah. said, "Have you heard of this man named H.R. Geiger?" Yeah, yeah. He also does. He also attacks them with sex. Yeah, he does. quite literally. <laughs> mm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. So good stuff. I took the opportunity to watch uh, Oren's recommendation last week. I believe it was, which is RRR. Right. Yep. What does that stand for again? It's like Rise, Roar, Revolt. Rise, Roar, Revolt. Uh, pretty pretty incredible three-hour movie. Didn't think I was going to watch the whole thing in one sitting. Did watch it all in one sitting. And uh, it, now the, I've got these uh, these songs stuck in my head. They're, they're infectious. 
it's uh, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I thought it was it, it was not exactly what I thought it would be from the trailers and memes I had seen. Maybe it was it was both more serious and more silly at the same time, but um, but pretty good. Like like strongly recommend it. Also, quickly, what, what, what are you laughing at, Kevin? I'm sorry. It's just that, what was the middle word? Rise raw revolt. Oh, roar. Okay, I just sound like you were just saying raw, like rise raw revolt. Like what is this? rise <laughs> raw revolt? I'm sorry. They should have put roar in the end because it makes uh, it sound. Or maybe it weird. is rise revolt roar. I can't remember. <laughs> that sounds much better. Rise raw revolt sounds so like rise raw revolt. I don't know. It just sounds so gibberish. I'm sorry. I'm totally sorry for laughing. I'm I'm for in your meaning real thing. It, it's super. <laughs> it's super good. It's a, it's a Tolly. I'm sure it is. Film. Yeah. It's no, good. no, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be a hater at all. I'm sure the movie's great. Wow, I'm just, I can't just, believe you're hating the, the, Kevin again. The name threw me off. The name threw yeah. me off. I wasn't expecting you to say that. <clears throat> Judging a book by its cover. Yeah. Uh, no, that movie rocked. Um, the other movie nice. I watched, which which maybe wasn't quite as good, but was roughly the same length, No Time to Die. It's it's the last Daniel Craig uh, James Bond movie. I want to say that Oren watched this and recommended this like when it was in theaters. Am I wrong? Yeah. This happened? Is that the one by the true detective guy? Carrie? Carrie Fukunawa. He's he's, uh, he's nice. problematic. He's yeah. So. He's apparently he's an asshole. But uh, Wait, what? What happened? Yeah. Well, let's let's that's not. Fair. But <laughs> okay, <fine>. like, <laughs> we're, we're running long. Like, Google it. Up. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no time to die. I'm like a sucker for a spy movie. I fucking hate like like a lot of genre. No, that's not true. I love a lot of genre fiction. I guess I don't like a certain type of genre fiction that's very popular right now. But I love a good spy movie. I'm such a sucker for it. So this was like maybe a little too much of a spy movie but I, I don't know I enjoyed the whole thing it was great uh, Man, Lea Sadu is amazing uh, Daniel Craig was good in his final Bond movie it was good I enjoyed it like I, I, I recommend it I was I was a fan I've only seen it once that's cool but uh, I think it's my second favorite Craig after Casino Royale I know what about Skyfall Skyfall is too much of a Nolan ripoff for me. Oh, interesting. Yeah, okay. just, but like, it looks better than a Nolan movie. That's true. Because you got uh, Deacons, right? Yeah. Mm. But Roger Deacons is worth like five extra points right there. Yeah. You're, pro- you're probably right, but if I want that, I'll just watch No Country for Old Men. Is that fair? Is that that's no an country I mean, I feel like that's, me. that, those are two very different Deacons modes, I think, to me. Deacon yeah. St. John? That's true. <laughs> But man, No Country for Old Men, that movie's like, I mean, it looks good. I just think it looks good in a different way. That's true. Skyfall's very colorful. Yes, extremely. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So is RRR. Extremely colorful. What was the middle word, Kevin? Raw. Alright. Drew, thank you for, for spending what now, almost three hours with us. Uh, we appreciate your time. Holy moly. Uh, thanks for having you. Yeah, thanks for having you. Thanks for having. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> You're welcome. My pleasure. Anytime. You can tell it's late for me. Yeah, it's past uh, my bedtime. Kevin goes to bed at nine thirty, and it's it, it, it's yeah. it's at least twenty seven minutes after that. So, all right. Yes, if you want to find Drew on Twitter or YouTube, his uh, his information will be in the show notes. Madden, we love you. If you want to follow me or Oren on Twitter, also in the show notes. If you want to join our Discord, our, our, our Discord. Uh, that is also it's in late the show for Aaron notes. Too. What? It's late for you too. What are you talking about, man? Uh, and uh, last but not least, uh, yeah, you know. Uh, we'll, we'll, oh, okay. So here's the deal: we, we're taking a short break, but we will have an episode, a long jump on Dead Space coming out during the break, and we'll be back in mid-August, I believe. So 
Enjoy the gap. Enjoy the Dead Space episode. And uh, yeah, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.